Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. My name is Dave Hanratty and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 154 of the No Encore Music Podcast. Not to be confused with the No Popcorn Music Podcast, which should have <laughs> so landed good. in your podcast feed. There's been a lot of confusion. People are <laughs> As of <yeah>. now, <laughs> the debut No Popcorn, which is a movie and music smackdown. Myself and Dave Higgins uh, did an hour's worth of takedown on Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> And that's in your podcast feed now if you haven't gotten to it. I hope you enjoy. Let, let us know how it is. It was very much a pilot. It was just two guys in a room in a different studio, but it sounded okay. Expressing their love great. for Freddie Mercury and yeah. Higgs, Higgs is a treat. Well, a bit of an update on that, actually, because we mentioned it on the show and how, how much money the film had made, which had made like about $860 million worldwide. Yeah. And we were like, wow, we definitely would have crossed over into the billion territory had it been released in China. Why hasn't it been? Now, I speculate that maybe the Chinese have a problem <laughs> with homosexuality. Outlandish. Turns out they do, because <laughs> it is about to be released in China, but only with all Sans of the, yeah. the LGBTQ uh, references and things what? removed yeah. from the film. Once again, proof that Brian May enjoys money. <laughs> but this is like a fairly common thing. I'm sure like every major release is quite yeah. toned down. Before we get into this, you better introduce market, the room. Right? I think it's probably a good yeah, I'll I'll introduce introduce the room. I wanted to say things, but my name is Nesh. That'll be edited out. I'm sorry. Craig Fitzpatrick. Hello, David. Dahio Droney. 
Hey. And our special guest this week, straight from the Irish Times, the paper of record. <laughs> <laughs> it's Dean Ruxton. Hey. The Ruxton of record. <laughs> Making his no encore <laughs> debut. Very exciting. Oh, yeah. I'm delighted. Thank you for having me. Yeah, why are you here? Why is he here, guys? That's the, que- <laughs> that's the question the listeners are asking. The reason he's here, ladies and gentlemen, is because we needed to bring in a big gun to review a big gun. Because on today's episode, we will be reviewing the brand new album from Hozier. And turns out, Dean Ruxton has a bit of history with Hozier <laughs> in terms of being a fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, He's heard of Hozier. That summer I enjoyed Hozier that time. And it's cemented. I didn't realise it had endured for five years. <laughs> but here we are. Well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Oh, really? Was it that fleeting? No, God, I love him, okay, obviously. Okay. Later we'll, in the show. Fire yeah. still burns. Later in the we'll, show. We'll, we'll find out. We'll work it we out. We need some balance in this episode, and that's yes. why. So Dean Ruxton is here. Very happy. Oh, also um, also an author, Dean Ruxton. Do check, yes. out, his, check out his book. Indeed. When the Hangman Came to Go. He's bringing so much nice. needed true crime to the podcast, I think, because that always seems to work in podcasting. But a very so specific form of true crime. Why don't you tell us what it is you do, Dean? It's very old true crime. <laughs> um, I like stuff from like the late 19th century, early early 20th century, these kind of creepy very sort of you know that type of thing i don't think i have to <laughs> use too many adjectives there but um yeah it's cool it's it's a time when people were when they were describing injuries and death they were just a bit closer to it and it's yeah 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 very Invisible. rich i suppose you might Mind. say someone might say but yeah <laughs> but yeah it makes for makes makes for good reading and good, yeah uh, the series on the research. irish times is called lost leads go check it out if you're into your true really crime but want it Thank to be a bit closer to home without killing you <laughs> Uh, Craig and I uh, were actually the victims of uh, a massive attack <laughs> well last weekend. Done. Very good. You've been thinking about that. I liked that. I saw that. One. Craig and I went to see Massive Attack on Sunday at the Three Arena. Yeah, it was quite the experience, wasn't it? It really was. Yeah. Where do we even begin with this one? Uh, I, w- I would say that we got there and we were kind of hovering around uh, the area of where the stage is. Yes, trying to find a good spot. And we found an okay we spot. did, yeah. We hoped there wouldn't be chatty people. In the end, there were. Yeah. But th- there was. Beforehand. <laughs> There was quite the moment where uh, two women came over and started chatting to us because I assumed they were like, look at these strapping oh, oh, yeah. young men. Perfect, of course, when I attend a gig. Good stuff, yeah, good story. <laughs> Doesn't matter what kind of gig it is. Doesn't matter what gig. The uncontrollable yeah. laughter has really made me feel good about myself. Continue, Dave. Craig goes to a Planksty gig. <laughs> All bets are off. So anyway, um, the two women started chatting to us and it was a typical gig small talk for some reason. We're, we're nice people. Well, so it was quite odd, wasn't it? Well, it got odd pretty fast because one of them uh, said something like, oh, they said, do you know what time the support act is on? Yeah. And we said, there isn't a support act. There will be no support <laughs> there act. Will there will be, be no, no support, support act. act. And then uh, they said something like, have you ever seen Massive Attack before? And we said, ah, oh, just a festival. Isn't yeah. Kind of, you know, like not really a full on show like this one. Uh, what about you? I inquired. <laughs> and uh, lady number one said that she had seen Massive Attack before in 1997 Opened up for Radiohead in Marley Park. Wow. And I then said, the most pitchfork return fire <laughs> of all time. I said something like, yeah, yeah, interesting. I, I was like, you know, I, I'm always wary of seeing a band so many years past their prime. Like, I mean, I, I hope they'll be good. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. And then she said, I'm just happy to be here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It became a very existential Sunday evening. Sure. Isn't it great? We're all alive anyway, and we can make it to these kind of gigs. I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. Well, fair play to her. Like, that's oh, a good yeah. positive outlook. I'm it's... just enjoying my football. Yeah. yeah I'm very good. It can't I be a bad it. gig then if that's your, yeah. your bar, you know? It's How was the gig perfect. for you? I thought it was terrible. It was, really? Yeah. yeah it was you weren't happy to be there, David. <laughs> I wasn't happy. It to was be like there. being kind of sonically harangued by just some very kind of. You went in hopeful, didn't you? 
Yeah, uh, well, we always go in hopeful. It's <laughs> <laughs> happy to be there. <laughs> um, so it was the tour for Mezzanine. Um, they didn't really just pl- go do the usual thing of playing through it in order. They mixed it up with kind of visuals from the time period, which didn't work really at all. They got mm. quite political, as they tend to do, but it felt like a kind of amateur first year of politics lecture kind of thing in college. It really did, yeah. This um, trend, by the way, of advertising a classic album and then not quite playing it properly. Well, they did mm. something that I thought could have worked really well, which was they covered, yeah, well, they did they did covers of songs that they'd sampled. So, like, the snippets that were buried in, they did full band covers. Yeah. But it just meant most of the covers were quite spiky post they did. I, I found a reason by the Velvet were... Underground they did Bella Lugosi's Dead by Bauhaus and some cod reggae shit and I'm like play Angel play Angel <laughs> would you <laughs> and um, they did play Angel and to be fair it would take talent to screw that song up and they didn't screw it up what did screw it up though and screwed up a lot of the evening was the fucking prick who thought, <laughs> who thought he was at a Kasabian gig standing sorry Dave <laughs> I was right, just in my element standing right in front of us who greeted every <laughs> single song intro every outro every narrative beat with a yeah! <laughs> yeah, it was insane. I kind of found it a bit endearing, but <laughs> the band were loud enough that still it was, was just fine. obnoxious people as always. And there was another moment where another two people in that <laughs> yeah. group t- turned. So, sorry, the first the first two women that we talked to that night, yeah, they went to the bar and at said one to point, Craig, um, "Oh, we'll be back in a bit." Like, and we were just like, "Grand, <laughs> we <weren't even laughs> yeah, yeah." And, and then, which is fine. We never saw them back? again. Yeah, of course. Later in the show, uh, two other women who were standing in front of Craig turned around and had never said it to him pri- previously. <laughs> we'll be back in a bit. Yeah, we'll be back in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Grand, yeah. No communication up to that point. You're like, you're like the kings of this particular but, area. Well, yeah, were we yeah. supposed to save their spot? Like, Animal it was a heaving, like, kind of yeah, thing. yeah. It was really, it really made no sense. But then. The, you found yourself in, in a situation where you had to tell me that you'd be right back <laughs> because you went, went to the bar. You went to the bar. I went to the bar. I got us both drinks. Um, and Dave said, "So, mate, are you going to get like two? or Are you going to get four? Thanks for that. Thanks for that. You're always saying me." <laughs> I said, pal. "I said, I, I said, what's the plan here?" Yeah, <laughs> actually, yeah, it was yeah, yeah, very different. And I didn't know. Um, so I went to the bar, and when I got there, I thought four sounds about right. Yeah, four, yeah. <laughs> because be. they have those containers. Yeah, so made sense to each yeah. that's the Colm O'Regan rugby special yeah well. yeah very much like so. five <laughs> or whatever like, and then you're like alright man let's no, do it that was a really good voice. I spent a lot of time with him it's like he's oh back God. in studio yeah, by all means tra- tra- throughout the show just do Colm it had been it had been a struggle to get out by myself to the bar so I don't know what I was thinking but yeah. I got the four and instantly was just like, I'm not making a back with these. Like, this is going to be impossible. Because we were like front middle, basically. Oh, God, it yeah. was That's terrifying. Awesome. But I will say, if you four beers like that, the attitude of everyone around you changes. They were just, I was being greeted like a hero. People yeah, were yeah. like shoving people out of the way from me. Amazing. Yeah, I was called yeah, yeah. brave like three times. <laughs> it was incredible. It's, it's and I made it back. You, you look like this martyr for like yeah. this gang of people that you're bringing pints to when really you're just yeah. drinking. Yeah, yeah. That's the way pints. to do it, I think. And yeah. I made it back. Without spilling so much as a drop, I believe. Which is wow. very impressive. And then someone backed into you and spilled your beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was the yo guy, I believe. Um, so, yeah, generally Massive Attack, I thought, were fairly sleepy. Um, the good songs were okay. This Fraser was good. Difficult not to get um, them correctly good, done. Um, but generally, the visuals, it felt very Morrissey gig at points. Yeah. Uh, there was one stage where I was like, are they about to show an execution? I think they are. And then lots of Trump rubbish. And on top of all that, at one stage, for reasons I don't quite understand, they played a bit of Avicii levels over a 90s Adidas what? Predator ad. 
Sounds class. <laughs> and I, I will say <laughs> this: it, it was one of those gigs where there wasn't a lot of life in it. So when like, when I came on, I was like, oh, I was like, was levels a tune? That's that was my takeaway from the evening. It was at the time. As it aged well, is the question. Well, it was the first time I'd heard it in a long time, and I went, you know, I could go for a bit of fucking Avicii right now. Yeah. That's how it goes. Yeah. Made it a lot in college. So that was what we got up to at the weekend. I also stayed in my gaff for a lot of the previous day, and I watched True Detective Season 3, which I finished, and I must say was a bit of a fucking dud. I know. I disagree. The final episode really pulled it together for me. On top of that, I watched The Favourite, 3 out of 5, and I watched Training Day with Denzel Washington, which holds up in terms of being a pretty disgusting film that he's very charismatic in Dahi you did something a lot more enriching uh, yeah well I did finish True Detective on the Monday which I thought was fantastic so I'll, tell I'll us about Iceland Dahi yeah I, I went to <laughs> I went to Iceland for the weekend uh, a friend of ours Colin O'Hurley who you've met before I have um, ex Young Wonder uh, ex Young Wonder and had like a record label for a while in Cork and everything but he's been living in um, Iceland for the last oh god like five or six years and is now opening a bar in Reykjavik called Evefri which is E-F-R-I, which is Icelandic for upper, which is pure fancy. Uh, but he had his, his opening, so myself and my mate Brendan went over. Um, and it was Did you great. say my Brendan? My Brendan, my pal Brendan. Um, he said my Brendan. My Brendan, did I say my Brendan? Yeah, you did. Oh, well, he Brendan, is my, my Brendan. Brendan. He, is, he is my Brendan. He's Out of not, all the Brendans, that would be my he's Brendan. He's not your Brendan. <laughs> he's my Brendan. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was good. It was a very, like, all the cool kids in Iceland were there. I was talking to this one um, producer guy, and he was talking about this uh, studio that he had just outside the city and how, how great it was. And uh, we were just like, oh, cool, yeah. And he was a bit like, he was talking a lot about himself, basically, is how I would describe him. He was, he was an Australian fella. And he basically, like, he, uh, we were like, oh, so what are you, who are you working with at the moment? And he was like, oh, we're working on with this um, this Icelandic artist. She's called uh, Bjork. Um, oh. you know, so like we're just like oh yeah as you do yeah, yeah. as you do you're all right okay cool sounds great like so yeah we left that guy to himself <laughs> yeah. oh, it was pretty rough but uh, apart from that it was lovely, lovely yeah trip. there was some nice shots of you bathing in a lagoon it, yeah the blue lagoon scaling yeah. glaciers all that kind of stuff yeah very as everybody says it's kind of almost cliche this place it was pretty expensive but uh, apart yeah. from that it was it was great but as well for Colm's wedding coming up in Norway which yeah, we're all yeah. very excited about <laughs> he's getting married Dean do you know that <laughs> I'm not excited about it. Um, <laughs> still waiting on that one. <laughs> I'm only joking. That's two hits on column now. The impression. Yeah. And then that. Yeah. More to come. More, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, did you stay up for the Oscars is the question. No, no, no. Of course no. not. I watched all the bits and pieces the next day on YouTube like everybody else. <laughs> I'm sure you stayed I know you stayed up. but I did not stay up. No. Not. Those days are over. <laughs> I'll stay up for live professional wrestling but I won't stay up for the when Oscars when did you switch off like in terms of the Oscars yeah uh, I think I was working early on the day but even if I wasn't I'm pretty sure when they, the first ones were announced I just saw like a Twitter moment or something that like Regina King had won okay. and I was like cool it's a half one in the morning I should probably go you're not it. really a big red carpet guy are you Oh no, you oh, are that though. Fascinating. You watched yeah, that, didn't well, you? I didn't. I didn't watch Seacrest. I watched the Grammys one, which yeah, Seacrest to me is a, a splendid robot. Of Did you not watch me. this one? Because he was doing it again. <laughs> no, right? I didn't. I was too busy with life. Doing what? What do you mean? <laughs> it's post massive attack. I assume you'd, you'd, you'd unwind with a glass of red and some Ryan Seacrest. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very Craig yeah, affair. I missed an opportunity, to be honest. Um, but Oscars were the Oscars. There's yeah, if you want to hear more about the report. Oscars, go check out No Popcorn because yes. we discussed it during the week on that. Now, something before we get to the main show, first of all, on the show, as noted, we are reviewing the new album from Hozier. We have an interview with Jafaris who lands his album into the world next yeah. week. It's called Stride. It's really worth checking out, as is the interview which is on today's show. 
And yeah, there'll be news and all that kind of jazz as well. But first, big news. And I genuinely thought someone was completely taking the piss. I was walking to work on that Monday, actually, and I got a WhatsApp message. And it was a uh, lovely purple-themed decal that MCD Productions had put together. And at the bottom of the decal, it said, save the date. And there was a date. Prince is back. (laughs) There was a date on there. And there was a man in the middle of the photograph looking very happy. He had a big smile on his face and a guitar. A very well-dressed man. And I, I recognised him. But, he, but just in case I didn't... Bro Shields re- is back! <laughs> just in case I didn't, Brooks is finally doing it! Just in case I didn't recognise him, it did say in the top round corner, Nal Rogers and she... <laughs> And I was like, oh I, I tweeted out the image and I just said, you are joking. Like, <laughs> block apples. Because I was like, it can't be. Yes, it, it can't can. be happening. Craig, give us the update, the number update, please. What is the 23? This, this will be, be tw- the 23rd. This will be the 23rd time in Nora Rogers and Chica played in the last 10 years. 10 I, went, years. I went looking for that. In Ireland. Yeah. That's I toddled insane. them up manually. Um, <laughs> Deep dive. Previously. Wow. Um, so that's so. more than twice a year. Yeah. Is that what we're saying? It's every six months at this stage. I mean, like, what is, is there? Crazy. What is there to even say about this apart from it's beyond farcical? Did they get some deal? Like, I like, don't does know. Have to be fifty, and then he. Gets I, a I haven't back. checked, but I'm, like, <laughs> does it sell out? Does it sell out? Is the big question. Yeah, they do, right? Probably, so fuck yeah. me. Like, why that's else? Amazing. Why else would they be? They've become them, Ireland's though. official party band. Like, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. like Alexia. <laughs> 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 yeah, a lot of you were doing the, the gag where they're like, save the date, so they just officially become a wedding band. But do you reckon they're? Are they doing this kind of like frequency of show? in other countries or is it just they are that I must confess Craig my journalism checked, on this yeah. one hasn't extended <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to chic.net <laughs> <laughs> check it slash of tour. course it's .net with chic. <laughs> chic.org <laughs> slash dates uh, yeah I don't know I mean like what what can you even add to this I guess like Nile Rogers is such a likeable fellow that he gets away with this yeah absolutely but for fuck's sake well they do have the tunes to it, who's you know? going yeah. to all these gigs yeah yeah do you reckon there's like one superfan who goes to every show? There has to be, right? Oh, definitely. There has to be, one there has to be like a family. To, yeah, yeah, I bet there's. I bet it, it could be like a family thing where it's like, oh, our whole family gets together to go to Sheik every year. I would, yeah, I can yeah. see that. And I thought my relationship with my family was, <laughs> was irreparable and bad. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! Did you know that Nile Rogers wrote part of the Halo Three soundtrack? No, but no why way. not? <laughs> you could be so, making this so up, and I'm like, go. yeah, okay. Let's, let's hope he plays some of the Halo soundtrack. <laughs> Halo Three, no. Oh, Halo Three. Halo yeah, three yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't place them in the. It's Halo actually, 3 re- it's actually really funny because he wrote like certain parts of it, and then if you go to the album part, there's one that's like got all the the vocal like, oh, and then a, a guitar fun. going underneath. I was like, one. oh, you're fucking kidding me! It's like, class. it's the but, uh, legend of the Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, legend of the Master Chief. Oh God, no, we, awful, yeah. awful stuff. Uh, well, so that's happening. <laughs> and apparently <laughs> apparently so are the Ryan Adams gigs which makes no sense to me yeah it seems like there's some weird stalemate going on uh, between organisers Ryan Adams um, yeah ticket holders for Ryan Adams upcoming shows in the UK and Ireland have said that they've been refused refunds uh, for those gigs nothing's been cancelled as of yet uh, despite of course the abuse allegations we previously talked about on the show um, so we're in this weird kind of limbo zone where I guess if Ryan Adams pulls out of the shows, he loses all the money and probably won't be earning too much money himself for years to come. Um, the promoters probably will not be insured for something like that. Well, they definitely won't be insured yeah. for something like this, so they'll take a big hit. I guess it's kind of who blinks first. Or mm. that, or they need like an official reason, apart from... So like some article health... Was, article yeah. was written that like... Quote-unquote health reasons or... Yeah, like, like what... 
how do they like officially present this? Yeah, you know what I mean, like because it hasn't been you know charged with anything. No, there's nothing. nothing. Yeah, so it's there's no massive. Is there a, a reputation like, thing? It's kind yeah, of, I don't know. Usually it's artist led. I'm not doing those shows. Do you know what I mean? Completely. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. People take. I'm going to step back and spend time exactly, with my family yeah. or some shit like that. It's, so I suppose it's up in the air. And it's it's like know. I mean even for Ireland in particular, it's like it's two sold out shows in the Olympia. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, do people even get insured for that stuff? I don't even know. Like, I presume you have to. I mean, a lot of musicians. Obviously, Ireland is, you know, a chic is living proof that Ireland is a hotbed of gigs. But, like, there are a lot of musicians who don't come to Ireland. And one of the reasons that's often cited is it's pretty fucking expensive to do a gig here. Yeah. Now, I don't know. That must apply to your specific situation if you're a certain kind of band or a certain kind of whatever. And your show, it, you have to take a ferry full of equipment over or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. For a singer-songwriter like Ryan Adams, presumably it's low-maintenance enough to just travel the world. Mm. I don't know. I genuinely don't can you it. Can you imagine, because you can kind of half imagine him having a full band thing and just running through songs and getting off stage and just fulfilling his obligation. Can you imagine him just with an acoustic guitar walking out in front of an audience? It seems so yeah. bizarre I mean, that I, that could even be a possibility. Like, and like, I guess the scary question is, would how people, many people yeah, would go? Yeah. Like, yeah, this is like, again, I've mentioned already, but this is like when Brand New were booked to play and then the allegations against Jesse Lace came out. And again, in that one, like, he wasn't charged anything either. This came from, like, social media, I believe. People just posting. I'm not even sure if there was an article to support this at the time. I, I think I think there weren't. I think it was a bunch of Facebook posts or something. Okay. That gathered traction and then became news and he addressed it and basically said, yes, when I was younger, I did bad things. But there's never been any criminal uh, activity towards him since nothing. Like the, he just basically said, "Those shows are gone," and I guess Brand New are on a hiatus again, even though they're. I, I can't remember what week. did they say about the shows. They were just like, "We're going to not do this." They're just cancelled. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, like there was no major kind of hubbub about it beyond people demanding that they get cancelled. The support bands pulled out first and yeah. made a stand, basically, and said, "You know, support victims, all kind of stuff." And then Brand New were like, "Well, this tour is over," and then that was it. And you know, as you say yourself, that scenario and other scenarios have been different in that there's a band, uh, you know, there's there's people who no longer endorse the person in it. So yeah. with Ryan Adams as a solo act, I don't know. But the weird thing about that was like, I mean, like those shows were still live for, a, I think it was like a week before yeah. they were cancelled. And it was a case of who's going to go? Yeah, and then yeah. it was a case of like, would one even go to just walk in and see what it's like? Uh, would half the ticket holders turn up? Would it be a full house? Would people mm. care? Like, I mean, there will be a lot of people who would still go. Yeah, I guarantee there are. Ryan oh, Adams there definitely would be. Yeah, there are Adams yeah. fans who are like, I want to go to this gig. I don't believe that article. Mm. You know? Yeah. So it's a bizarre situation, and I guess the promoter probably is in a position where they physically can't do it yet. There has so to be- does it become does it become other artists that they're working with for different gigs start putting pressure on or they're just, you know, it gets to such a close point that they're under so much pressure it's going to hurt them financially in other ways. If you you know, could other artists take a stand and say we're going to pull our situation, Yeah, I don't, sure. I don't know. And I have to believe they'll be cancelled because it's it's weird that he hasn't come out and said anything. I don't think he said anything since that initial three tweets they put out. No, it? he had to kind of barely apology thing that he put up and he's been radio silence ever since now I've seen articles online where people are um, guessing that he's making up accounts and having a back and forth with one of his former guitarists who kind of came out yeah, against him like, get help and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah so it seems like he might be posting under aliases we don't know but he's gone quiet kind of his public persona alright well as long as we're keeping the news nice and murky uh, <laughs> Or Kelly was charged this week uh, with 10 counts of sexual assault yes, and abuse uh, which he, ten. he has denied uh, he posted a hundred thousand dollar bail and is now out on bond but it looks like his day in court is looming it is looming it's, it's occurring in March uh, however he does have some supporters um, yeah, Drake's dad um, has come out in support. Dennis Graham, 
He's been chatting about his new single. His new what? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> yeah. not to like yes. not, not to run the risk here of like being tonally all over the place here, but I genuinely thought that that was like a misprint. Drake's dad has a single. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he he's a musician, single, no less. Yeah. Well, I think he recorded it like 10 years ago. He said he's had it in the can for a he's while. He's had it in the can. Yeah. Um, I thought he's like an interesting dude. For the wait for the right <laughs> moment like Drake, when R. Kelly is about to Remember when Drake put out like the playlist? Yeah. I, I think the cover art is his dad, right? From it is, yeah, on yeah, More yeah. Life. Yeah. And it's him, it's a, so there's a small kid beside him who's Drake. Yeah, so his dad was like a musician back in the day. I didn't realize he was still active. I mean, yeah, gradually, I, I, I haven't I mean, kept if up. Drake's dad, who was a musician, you probably would start trying to get a little bit more active. Wouldn't and you? he's <laughs> he's quite the character, you know. There's, yeah. you know, the Pusha T line of Dennis Graham, stay off the gram. You know, he's kind of, he's been enjoying the limelight and the spotlight that comes with being Drake's um, father. Uh, he was asked about Or Kelly in this interview and he came out with the, these words. He's a good friend of mine. I wish him the best. I hate that it's happening to him. There's a reason why women come out after the fact he has my support 100%, which is baffling. Yeah, um, it makes sense that like last... There's that, no... That, like, there's, there's, a, there's a reason why women come out after the fact. Like, oh, what? <laughs> in also, the name of like, God. During the... Like, Can you it, imagine Drake reading that? Just, hey, how, what like, are you oh, doing to me? I love how there's, there's five sentences there, right? So there's no room for I was misquoted. There are five <laughs> separate <laughs> bullets that he has just like... Yeah. The smoking gun is on fire in this one. Yeah, awful stuff. And like that's one that's... I've seen this before where someone's like, oh, I hate that it's happening to him. I'm yeah, like, yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's happening to him? The truth. <laughs> yeah, essentially, yeah. So, uh, Grim, are you enjoying your no encore series so far, Ian? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to be selective about where I jump in. On these <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's a blast, obviously. I, I do. I do want to clarify the record and wish Colm a very happy nuptials over and I love maybe. that you've been th- running <laughs> that through your mind over the last just two stories. Yeah. Just like you're hunting me down and <laughs> saying something. I don't know, say over in whatever town it's in. <laughs> did, did I say town? I, Some well, it is town. A, it isn't a town, isn't it? Well, I Bergen is a, would be considered a city. Would I've it? been there before. Interesting. It's very nice. The, I'm the, learning everything. It's very the home of Sigrid. <laughs> Is it the Home His of Secrets? album we'll be reviewing next week on the show. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's Beautiful called, mountains around the area. That album's, called, town. That album's called Sucker Punch. <laughs> uh, much like, Sucker much Punch. like the Sucker Punch that Dean has uh, delivered <laughs> yeah. to our fallen bro- brother. <laughs> the one-two, the one though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Colum O'Regan. Uh, yeah, keeping the news extra grim, uh, Vicky Cornell, the widow of Sangard from Chris Cornell, has visited Congress to address uh, the opioid... Can we do the story? I, like The opioid task force... Uh, we have to. I've started the story, yeah. so yeah. like, yeah. I, I'm not going to. I think it's an important story to just yes. say. Yeah, yeah. it is. Uh, she said that the part that hurts the most is Chris's death was not inevitable. There are no demons that took over. Uh, he had a brain disease, and the doctor, who unfortunately, like many, was not properly trained or educated on addiction. So, it's yeah, it's it's a sad update with regards to the fact that she has now effectively become an activist uh, in the wake of her husband's death, and is trying to prevent similar situations like this um, in the future. So yeah, and healthcare professionals, uh, particularly in the US, are prescribing addictive medications, and yeah, huge problem with that it's, at the it's moment. What so. killed Prince, right? Yeah, yeah. It certainly is. Can um, I legally say that? I mean, I think you yeah, I believe close, that yeah. was in the coroner's report. That's what wasn't that was, it? Yeah. yeah, fentanyl is the in that case, wasn't it? Mm. Um, yeah, so it's been a fun episode so far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope there's like some weird thing where like we can go through like the top ten film themes of all time or something. Dave, oh, <laughs> oh my god, you're in luck. The BBC and Radio Times have you covered because they did a poll <laughs> of all their readers slash listeners. Um, 2,000 people voted. That was seamless. <laughs> 2,000 people <laughs> yeah, only. Yeah, I just saw There's that. Only t- <laughs> There's only 2,000. We needed according, something for the running order. According to a relative handful of people. <laughs> uh, no, hang on, hang on. If I may, if I may interject here. 
we are living in the time of like you know uh, one person ever says I think fairy tale yes. should be censored and then it becomes, <laughs> it becomes a huge and yeah. it becomes calls made for uh, and granted in that case it was like prominent DJs and that kind of thing but like how often do you see stuff now doing the rounds on Twitter where it's like uh, this new study uh, says whatever and I've written my fair share of like like stories yeah, oh, it's like that. 12 people or something yeah, yeah. but like again if, usually it, in Sweden it's or, or Harvard <laughs> University uh, a research team have studied uh, this thing with like seven people that they've corralled into a room for six months or something <laughs> but once you put the words once you put a comma according to new research on a thing then that's all you need for your headlines guys that's all I'm saying sweet that's what I've learned now you know Dean <laughs> take that back to the Irish Times <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah it's uh, <laughs> Journalism 101 over here for no one. I'm learning a lot over here. This news story is yet another example of the famous phrase, it's not the size of the dog in the fight, but the size of the fight in the dog, Craig. I think you'll agree. It sure is. Um, Star Wars A New Hope has been named the best film team ever. Um, Do we agree? Absolutely not. No. No. Hum it there, Craig. I don't know. Is it for just like gazing <laughs> <laughs> into my eyes? There, you did it. I thought I had it, but I didn't. That's not no. It. I'm looking at the top ten list here, and I can't see Back to the Future, for instance. No. Let's do the top ten in reverse order. Dean, would you be our honored guest? Reverse order. Yeah. Okay. So you've Pirates of the. I'm just going to do the titles. Right? Will I, or will we do the Pirates of the Caribbean? Right. In, <laughs> a number, in at number ten. Um, after that, you got Spider Man the movie, Superman the movie. Superman. <laughs> I shouldn't have been hired for this. I You're wearing your glasses. You're literally wearing your glasses. These are distance glasses, Dave. <laughs> you didn't tell me I'd have to be reading things. Um, yeah, so it's, sorry, no, Superman. The yeah, movie. number eight. The Godfather, 1972. you got Jaws, number seven. Great Raiders show. of the Lost Ark, number six. The Good, the Bad and the Ugly, number five. Great shout. Very good shout. Four is Jurassic Park. Three is Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Brackets. I mean, well, th- like, <laughs> is that the main thing? I, I mean, Hedwig's, Hedwig's team, team which is actually na, 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 that's the main one, isn't it? Is that not? So is that not the one that they're talking about? Here? I guess it is. Like it's supposed to be the film in June, I guess. You got Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, and then number one, Star Wars: A New Hope. A lot of John Williams. John Williams is on this list six times. That's a fucking joke. Well, he is brilliant. Did you know that John Williams' son is Joseph Williams, lead singer of Toto? What? what? Swear to fucking God. She Toto? Yeah. And also works with him on some uh, some stuff. Oh, I would have thought they were like the same age or something. Yeah. <laughs> jo- so the guy who did, who so Joseph uh, Williams and John Williams together wrote the music for Dune as well. No way. Well, yeah. That's, okay. Uh, Craig's uh, exasperated shock there, where Craig, where you moved away from the microphone, <laughs> uh, was very similar to uh, my reaction the other night when I went to the Body and Soul launch and they announced that the Blaze were playing at Body and Soul. And I turned to Northern Nine, who was sitting next to me, and I basically like I did the Thierry Henry, Jamie Carragher, <laughs> someone's just been sacked thing, and I literally like put my hand on his leg, and I went, <laughs> "Oh what!" <laughs> I freaked out. Amazing. Yeah, I freaked. I I, I, I made it's like, like main stage as well. It's like the head headlining act for Body and Soul. I think so. Yeah, they were like the biggest in the in the poster and everything. As well. Were they? Yeah, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a hell of a, yeah. It was a good launch. Went to the it was in the big romance, mm. and uh, Jenny Wren and Avril Stanley were there. Jenny Wren, hero, which was cool. And they announced uh, 10 or 11 of the acts before they like, released the whole kind of thing in poster form. It was cool. They played like tunes by each one. Some good names on that bill. Talos is on there. Which was a territory for the Blaze? Huh? Was it territory for the Blaze? No, I think it was she. 
Ooh. Yeah, interesting, right? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, very, very interesting. Uh, body and soul, will you be there this year, Dolly? Uh, yeah, I will. Now that the Blazers are playing, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, th- that's pretty much what made me go. I'm in, I don't care yeah. about the rest of it. Yeah, it'll be good. I mean, body and soul is always absolutely excellent. It's yes, but it wasn't excellent when I went because of the weather three years ago. You sure got your Reiki done, mm-hmm. though. Jeez. I had the Reiki done. 20 euro I'll never see ever again. <laughs> 20 euro. Uh, I thought Pitch. you enjoyed it, no? Reiki. Yeah, I'm still not convinced that that woman wasn't just putting her hand in some cold uh, liquid nitrogen uh, bowl type situation. Okay. Have you, have you ever had Reiki done? No, I'm, I'm trying to place it in my brain. What is, is that? The is that a? It's like a contactless. It's thing? like a spiritual massage for your aura. Is that no, or something I, like that? They touch you. They touch me. Yeah. Right. Jesus. I think I was touched. <laughs> <laughs> I can't quite remember. But uh, yeah, it would have been a great festival if it wasn't for the weather. The weather was unfortunately a bit of a... Were your spirits dampened? They were, yeah. Oh, for God's sake. Claire Beck loaned me her tent, which apparently had survived like 119 festivals, and, right. I, and I didn't bring it back. Oh, here. It broke! Oh, it broke! They should be putting that in a museum, like. That's it like a broke! Ah, oh, for God's sake. It collapsed. Don't blame me. Blame three elements. <laughs> this was the festival that turned you off festivals yes, for good. And I need to clarify, it's not the fault of body and soul. It was the fault of a vengeful god up in the sky. <laughs> Rain and down weather. Lots of it. It was sure, fucking look. I've never seen the conditions like it before. I, I remember that year. It was it was very rainy. Yeah. And there was a box drum. There was a man with oh, a box man. drum. There's always box a man with a box drum. There's always a man with a box drum. In the campsite. The worst. Nobody wants that. No. I had a drum circle beside me one year. <laughs> <laughs> like an actual full-on like six people going do you reckon they kind of like organized nine o'clock in the morning like, <laughs> it was ridiculous do you reckon they just all had individual drums or they had prepped the drum circle like months in advance yeah maybe it was like an online forum of, <laughs> yeah. but of like yeah. drummers who decided to meet for body and soul specifically would they practice or something like, Jesus Christ just go for it. I don't know I, I think you just go for it you just feel the like, rhythm you bring man. Enough, spreadsheet for that you bring anyway. enough into a campsite without having to carry it, like a big heavy <sighs> yeah that the top 10 would feature Williams was inevitable <laughs> given the quality and popularity of his work but the fact that his themes took six of those 10 places truly marks him out as the master of movie melodies do you know it just smacks of here's massive films that people could like name off the top of their head and you know what I mean yeah. it doesn't yeah. really speak to the quality there's some good ones in there but, but Back to the Future the third best time travel film of all time well, that isn't anywhere on it it is isn't anywhere. Are the first two? I'll tell you now okay yeah <laughs> number one Looper I'm gonna, I'm, gonna really? take, I'm gonna take the heat on it yeah. Looper's a good film that Thank film you the much. best time travel no. film of all time I, there aren't many that I know of <laughs> so and the three that you've seen there was seen. the one with the two guys in the, wi- in the white shirts that was very confusing what was that one what are you, you, you fucking made, talking they, they had about. a box and it was like a box primer. drum it was called Primer that's yeah. the one that's the one that was oh, a good yeah. film I nailed it See, that, that was good, yeah, that was good. <laughs> I might have to read them my list what about Highlander <laughs> Highland's really good as well, yeah. yeah. We like Looper, though. Looper's a bad yeah, movie. We like Looper. <laughs> Looper's well, not a bad Dean's trying to rile me up here. <laughs> it's not going to work. I said it the other day on WhatsApp, and you were like, that's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> see, see on. That film sucks. See you next week. Uh, on, uh, I haven't seen it. The Prisoner of Azkaban, obviously. It's a proper time travel film. Is that a time travel film? It's a time film? travel film. Okay. Wow. I've only ever seen one that's Harry Potter one. film. I saw the fourth one. That's the only one I've ever seen. Oh, right. Uh, you do not need to see the other three. The Goblet of Fire. To catch up, no, you didn't need. <laughs> My friend caught me up before we went in because he was like, Do you want to go see Goblet of Fire? And I was like, I don't know. I've never read the books. I haven't seen the film. So I'm probably not your man for this. And he's like, No, I'll give you the synopsis on the way in. And he did. That's and right. I didn't feel lost. And I enjoyed the movie. Oh, wow. Well. And then I never watched watch another the Harry Potter film yeah. ever again. In another time, we'll get you to give us like a full <laughs> synopsis of the entire Harry Potter series. You could do it on the popcorn thing because it's connected to this list now. Oh, yeah. oh wow! One of the top Brilliant. Ten, um, that's great. 
that's uh, the kind of stuff that we need to for no up, no popcorn. Yeah, tenuous not, links. Not, like, not going to do that. <laughs> not going to do that. Craig, you've snuck in an Imagine Dragon story here to close the news section. Yeah, I mean it was a bit lighter, and I was scrambling. <laughs> Imagine Dragons um, singer Dan Reynolds has responded to his critics after Corey Taylor said that they had replaced Nickelback as the worst band in the world. This was last week. The Slipknot frontman described the Las Vegas band as awful and said that Nickelback were passing the baton uh, after years of widespread ridicule. The 1975 and Foster people have also criticised the band. Um, so Reynolds has said, For a decade now I've dealt with critics and other bands saying extremely harsh things about my band, not what I would call fair criticism, which I always try my best to receive and learn from, but actual clickbait horseshit. Words filled with vile and hate meant to feed humanity's need to laugh at each other's imperfections and fails. I've stood silently and taken it for years. It has added to to the depression I've dealt with since youth. I don't say this in search of sympathy, but just as a fact. It's not the person that causes me the feelings of stress and depression, what it does to the world we as a band have created. Quite an interesting statement. I'd say fair play to him, really. I mean, like... Being that honest about it. Speaking as a huge Slipknot fan, like, don't take Corey Taylor seriously on these kind of things. Because Corey Taylor, about 10 years ago, like, just tried, like, changed his kind of persona to be, like, the fucking Chris Jericho of music. Even though Chris Jericho is also a musician. (laughs) Um, Wrestler. Glad you said that. that Yeah, sorry. Fozzie fans listening to the show, I do apologise for slighting your hero. Um, Corey Taylor is around to quote when he's in this kind of mode. Uh, when he's in, like, you know, kind of brash, stone, sour, Corey Taylor will say shit mode. And I wouldn't take it too seriously. I think, I think this guy's taking it too seriously. What that about said, Matty Healy? That said, Imagine Dragons are not a good band. No. Um, Matty Healy surprises me that he would slag off. Uh, yeah, he told Q magazine songs like Radioactive by Imagine Dragons. It might as well be called Pikachu Banana. It's nothingness. Yeah, I mean, like, that's just saying one song is bad. Like, yeah. I, I think he's kind of gone a bit too far with this. I mean, if Matty Healy slagged me off, I'd be like, yeah, Grant. I think the, the general yeah. hate for Imagine Dragons is kind of the same as the Nickelback one, where it kind of it doesn't even matter what band it is. You just yeah, need it's like what a, they represent. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. It has yeah. nothing to do really with the actual band itself. You know? What shocked me was that, yeah, why would he bother getting involved? Like, I mean, like, it's like, because I think in 2017. I was I was following this feud back a couple of years. <laughs> so you sound like, like a Vietnam vet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean, Chad Kroger said something about Slipknot. Oh yeah, like 2017, and then he just said, "Oh, it's a gimmick that you know you're all wearing masks." And then <laughs> the one bit of trivia that I love that he, that Corey Taylor remembers like, "Weren't you voted ugliest rock star two years in a row?" <laughs> He's like, back to back. But he's like, yeah, I won sexiest and I have a mask on, so whatever, man. <laughs> and then he just he didn't hear from Chad Kroger again because he's wow. obviously devastated. I think, I think somewhere. Nickelback got into like a spat with Royal Blood on Twitter one night as Why well. Why are they doing this? Like, Cause Royal they, Blood are always getting in spats as well. If are they? Yeah. yeah okay. With Jack White, don't they hate him? Or was that the Black Keys? No, that was the Black Keys. They're all the same. Yeah, they all sound the same. <laughs> Did the Black Keys? I think they had Did a they beef with, I think Jack White hates the Black Keys. Because they just kind of, he's like, they commercialized my sound that I stole from old blues music. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we're we're going to talk about people stealing music. Old blues music. Good segue out of this. In just a little quagmire that is the new section. You know what? uh, Okay, well, so what we'll do is because we we normally go like songs of the week, then album, but we have an interview first, so we're going to do the interview first. But I think we're going to move the album forward, guys, because it's a big, it's a big box office album this week. So that's. Do you know what? To leave people waiting. Yeah, we're just like. You need to get those listening. <laughs> I want to talk about it. You need to get them, you need to get them over the hour 20. But first, 
before we get to whatever the next section of the show will be, which <laughs> I, will, I like which, that. Which, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, oh, yeah. Keep tuning in, so <laughs> like it's it. the new clickbait. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna have a chat with Jafaris, whose debut album drops on Friday, the eighth of March. Let's have a taste of that right now, and then for the magic of editing, Jafaris will somehow be in the studio, despite the fact that he's probably on his way home right now. <laughs> this is Jafaris. That talk is expected. I wanna say off record. I'm about to be the man in these streets. Mike OP, the panda fly free. Don't want bigger chains of Gucci. Big money might make you the man you see. You see, one hell of a wise guy. You got a heavily bright mind, but still just set up a five guys cruise. You didn't wanna go deep, but fortunately, I came to mess up your sleep. I came to pull off your sheets. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna see you. Not to the people, baby, the wanna free you. No, I believe you. You know, I believe in you, yeah. Sometimes the thing you need is just some time for yourself Get up, get out, go find your peace But you wouldn't be free If not for he Sometimes the thing you need is just some time for yourself Get up, get out, go find your peace But you wouldn't be free Delighted to be joined in our encore by Jafaris. Hello, Yo, sir. What's happening? What's, what's happening? happening? Yo. <laughs> yes. to the show. Appreciate right. you guys having me here. What's happening? <laughs> uh, not a lot, man. It was your birthday recently. Yeah, it was. Happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. <laughs> Appreciate it. Are you Appreciate much of a birthday it. person is the question. Um, I'm really not. I'm really not. Like, I, I didn't do anything for my birthday this year either. I was just kind of chilling. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It's the way to do it. <laughs> See, like Craig, he's, always, the, he's the opposite of one of us at this table. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big birthday guy. Yeah. You're you kind of always make plans. You're how would you put it? Um, optimistic, optimistic, boss. No, not optimistic. That's probably disappointed. Disappointed birthdays at all times. Oh, I've had some bad ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, the trick is to not make a big deal out of it. I think you have the right yes, approach to this. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, but even like, okay, so you're ready to release an album. You're just on the late late show. We'll get to that. It's your birthday. I assume people. <laughs> I assume people around you. But I assume people around you were making a fuss. They were yeah. like, you know, "This is your year. You got to do something." It's yeah, your birthday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, like pe- people always kind of try and make me do stuff, but like, I don't know. I I prefer to be working on my birthday. I still want to just be like making music yeah, or something because yeah, yeah. like it's a good vibe on that day. It's just like, yeah, let me be in the studio. But this year, I was kind of like, I'm just refl- I'm just kind of waiting for the after aftermath of the album and stuff like that so yeah. i'm just yeah, kind of yeah. like let me breed. just chill for a while before i have to be super active for the rest of the year kind of thing as, as the album been a long time coming i know you've kind of been sitting on it for a while kind of building it up to make it right and everything yeah it's we've been sitting on the album for like nine months now right, really yeah that must be so annoying i'd say very it? very especially for me because like even working on the album there's a lot of songs that didn't make the album because yeah. i'm just like oh no that's old now let me make something new or yeah. i feel like i've gotten better at this let me redo this or whatever so now it's like oh, now I have to tour this album. Like, I love the <laughs> album and stuff. And, like, actually, I took a break from listening to it after making it for a while. Mm-hmm. And then, like, listening back to it, like, four months later, I'm like, okay. Oh, well, yeah, I'm great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not even. It's more like, okay, yeah, I agree. Like, I like this. I like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I'm because ready for the world. I'm sure you get to it, a yeah. stage where you're kind of creatively thinking of something yeah. else and moving on to other stuff. Yeah. Like, is there a couple of tracks that are, like, very, very old? Like, right back up on that? Um... I'm trying to think. Now, nah, most of the al- most of the tracks that are there are like relatively towards the end of the process. Okay, cool. But some songs, like "Found My Feet," is pretty old. It was yeah. just one thing. Like we kind of redid it like five times Brilliant. to get it to where it's at right now. But yeah, like that's the newer version. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's pretty old track. 
So, and, and you mainly work with the same producers and yeah. your collective and everything as yeah. well, right? So yeah. can you give me a breakdown of like how your general production works? Like you guys have a studio that you work out of. Yeah. And I mean, I presume you all create beats and then you kind of build stuff. Yeah. So, so like in the Fusion Lab, there's two rooms. There's mm-hmm. a production room and then there's like the engineering room. Yeah. So obviously I'm in the production room most of the time and it's usually just like... Now the process has changed. Before it's like I'll sit there and like we'll make the music together and stuff like that. But I just realized that I'm not much of a producer. Like now I'm <laughs> kind of trying to get into that bag where I'm trying to learn how to produce. But it's kind of like nah, I'm that's not my field. I need yeah, to focus yeah. on like the writing period. So now it's kind of like he'll uh, my producer will make a beat, send it to me, and then I'll write, and then I'll go into the studio by myself, no one there, and I'm just kind of doing the weirdest sounds or yeah, whatever, yeah. and like melodies and stuff and then obviously make the track send it's it to the great. engineer because the Fusion Lab are so kind of prolific right now right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they're like really yeah. on the forefront of this kind of yeah. like amazing stuff that does so so well in terms of even just radio as well as hip hop and yeah. stuff and yourself and Sole is on the, the group yeah. as well mm-hmm. and you guys seem to support each other so well throughout the whole thing yeah, that's my there sister. must be a real proper sense of collection yeah right? it's yeah. like it's, it's a family vibe like even mm-hmm. before all like where we're at right now it's always just been in the studio, everybody vibes in, just making music. It's pretty chilled. We walk around in our socks and stuff. Like, it's <laughs> it's a home. Like, it's not really, really like a... It's a production house to everyone else, but, like, I guess to the group, it's really just family. Yeah. So yeah. when we talk about kind of, you know, independence being so paramount for artists and it's what everyone's kind of striving for in this new model, does it feel like what Diffusion are doing, this kind of collective thing, is the new way forward maybe for labels? When mm-hmm. you kind of, you could see a lot of artists saying, okay, I don't really know need those old structures, but mm-hmm. there's still, I guess, a lot to be gained from having that support structure in place. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess with Diffusion Lab, because it's it's where it's at in Ireland like the resources in Ireland themselves aren't strong enough to like Mm. sustain us you get me so it's cool that we have connected with people like Spotify and like different labels and stuff are able to help us out and push us forward and stuff so it is I like the whole independent vibe but it's not realistic in the industry to just like be independent 100% you have to kind of get outside support you know Course. You mentioned uh, the Spotify thing. I mean, I remember when uh, I remember Austin Darbo from Spotify was the one who kind of put it out when it happened about a year. Yeah. Ago. I don't think it's about He's a year ago. Really now. supporting Ireland. Like he really 100%. is. Yeah, and he created the new the new era playlist. Yeah, yeah. And I think you were like kind of the face of that for at least the first run of it. Yeah, it's a playlist that is still very much going and being updated all the time. Uh, it was very interesting. Like to kind of like I wrote a story on that for Joe on that day to just kind of put it out and just like the kind of. It's amazing how like Ireland has changed in terms of like what the culture is changing and kind of melding in together. Yeah, and I thought that was quite reflective. But at the same time, I mean, like, like that's an interesting kind of place for you to find yourself in to be like, hey, I'm like I'm going to be seen as yeah. this thing as the, as literally the new Ireland. I yeah, mean, like, yeah, how did that yeah. kind of go over for you? That's so random. Like, I I don't even know. Even just talking about it with my manager and stuff is like, this is stuff we've been like discussing like or how are we going to break into the UK or how are we going to get these people's people's attention I don't know how it happened I don't know what the first initial contact was but when Spotify did take or heard about us it's like oh they were interested immediately and they kind of I think they want to cross over into Ireland and kind of build something here so they're like alright cool we want somebody to be the face of that so just here we like your music we like the vibe we like mm-hmm. what you're doing 
take the spot kind of thing. So it's, it's very random. I don't I don't even know how to explain. I how presume that though happened. that you never have to pay for a Spotify subscription ever again. Like you. Have um, no, nah, I still do. I still do. Dude, oh, come on, that should have been the first thing. I might bring that yeah. up now that you say that. No, but I still I still do. I still do. I mean, yeah. I, I guess it's kind of one of those things as well, though, where like people kind of go like you know you, you're not just lucky it's like having the skills and the stuff ready to go mm. when you do get that chance and that break yeah. and stuff and for yeah. you i mean you started out as a as a dancer right so you yeah. like your on stage persona is incredible you're <laughs> like you're, you're really really good at performing on mic and live mm. and then like you come at it with some really really good art and some incredible videos like that package must be so so important to yeah. be ready to go when you get those chances right? yeah no i appreciate that um yeah to be honest i put a lot down to just being blessed really like it's like i know it's all hard work and it's like yeah he's putting in the time or whatever mm. and there is talent added to it but it's more time it's just blessings man it's mm. just like prayer it's god it's like all of that put in one and yeah, it's yeah. Like, so you're quite religious yeah um i, w- I hate the word religious because then it, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. attached to so many <laughs> different course, yeah, things yeah, yeah. Me, it's for me it's a lifestyle like it's a I grew up around it and then kind of shunned it because I was forced into it. Right. And then, like, I kind of, I guess now that I'm older, I've kind of found it for myself. And it's like, it's it works for me, I guess. Yeah, I would yeah. Never, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't no, know no, it's to. interesting because, I mean, like, it does have those connotations. It absolutely does, especially yeah. in a country like Ireland, especially in a year like 2019. I think yeah. it's, and I read an interview that you did recently, which very much kind of, there was a lot of that in there. Yeah, yeah. And I just kind of found that, like, like refreshing in an interesting way because I was like yeah, it's rare like it's rare yeah and like it's that thing of like there is the natural thing to kind of run from it and kind of feel a conflict and like I'm not particularly one way yeah, yeah. I never mm. really was and I've got friends who are um, and ultimately I think you know it's up to someone to make their own decisions and that mm. kind of stuff it's yeah, 100% it, for some people it can be their entire lives yeah um, but I just found it because it was like it's not the typical boring Irish fucking musician <laughs> interview <laughs> yeah. I was like that's genuinely fascinating and that it didn't come across as like a defensive thing for you yeah. either mm. it's also a kind of tough thing to probably open up because so many people now are just they will just say I'm not the religious type or yeah, because yeah. there's been that backlash in yeah. Ireland in recent it's kind of kicking against that really to you're yeah. not making a stand you're just saying this is how I am personally but it feels like that in the culture you know yeah. that's kind of crazy you say that because that's kind like when I started music or when I started kind of getting some traction and being a Christian it's like oh I don't want it I don't want it to be the highlight of what I'm doing yeah, or anything yeah, yeah. like that it's like oh because it's attached to this and this and this but i can't deny like what's happening around me and stuff like i put that heavily on like my faith and stuff so it's it just is what it is yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) it just is what it is yeah it's not part of the marketing campaign i think (laughs) (laughs) until album number two yeah yeah. it works so well for christian Christian rock (laughs) (laughs) the the christian rock thing is hilarious because like that is never going to be taken seriously but but unless you are flat out into that like, and that's yeah. your thing Yeah. but I think yeah like it's obviously like a, a very interesting kind of aspect of you just as, as a person but uh, from one kind of Irish institution to another uh, you were on the Late Late Show recently yeah, 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 yeah. big one <laughs> congratulations <laughs> how like, did you find it because we had Tebby Rex in here last week and they were saying that when they were on now, granted they were on with the Blizzard so mm. for a lot of people watching the show they were probably like what the fuck is this <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but again I still think that like you know Irish audiences late late it's, it's very old it's very mm. archaic in a lot of ways I mean I think for you to be on there a lot of people would have been looking at the television and being like where are the guitars you know yeah like, yeah yeah how was it for you um i'm still trying to wrap my head around it because mm-hmm. like that was my first time on a tv show like that so it was it was kind of weird just staring at the crowd just staring at me yeah, and i'm yeah. a real like 
I like engaging with the crowd and having them yeah. move. I'm a guessing the bit. atmosphere in there isn't a, too dead, electric. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't too like it didn't make me feel like I had <laughs> to go extra hard or anything. But like it was cool. Like they they gave me love afterwards and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So that was cool. And Ryan Turbidy is like a sound guy, so he was like super like saying all the nicest words yeah. and stuff like Great. that. So it was encouraging. It was cool. I found it really. How did you like, find the kind of the reaction, say, after the show? I mean, I guess you kind of can only really judge this stuff from, yeah. like, online. Or, like, but did you see, a, like, a, an an, actu- an actual difference to, like, say, your, the people who usually perform to you? Because I would imagine that the, the Lele like show would have on, a slightly on older. the show? After the show, say. So, like, the re- reaction afterwards, I guess. Um, I didn't really stick around after the show, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I did I did the, sh- the performance and we kind of left. But, like, I guess from sound engineers and stuff like that, everyone was super yeah. like, yo, you killed it, well done, whatever. And how was it online then? Yeah. Um, Online is bubbling. Like, yeah. I, I had to turn my phone off kind of thing. It was just, like, a lot Great. of love. And it was, yeah, and people just keep supporting no matter what I'm doing. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like... It doesn't feel new now. It just feels like, yo, everyone's just still supporting. Yeah, like, yeah. from longitude onwards, everyone's kind of been giving me the same amount of love. So, it's... Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Does the kind of weight of expectation come along with that? Like, ahead of the album, does it feel like, you know, I'm being the face of that new era playlist? Are you thinking of, like, okay, how are people going to react to what I put out? Do you feel like people are kind of counting on you to spearhead a scene in a way? <laughs> well, like... Uh, <laughs> It's, um, Are you now after I just said that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Now that we told you. <laughs> um, I feel so nervous every time before I drop a song. Like, yeah. every time. And it's because I'm in such an experimental bracket right now that, like, Found My Feet is... Like, it's kind of cohesive to time, but whatever you're going to hear on the album is so not, like, time mm, or right, Found right. My Feet. So that kind of scares me in a sense. Like, it's not so much expectation that's like out of my head I'm not I'm I'm always telling people don't expect anything like yeah. like whatever I'm giving you is what I'm giving you kind of thing but I get scared in the sense that like people might get confused like oh what's he trying to do is he rap is he pop is he this is he yeah. that and I'm just like I'm hoping that like it lives for everybody kind of thing but I don't know I'm I'm still I'm just gonna wait and see what happens how does that translate though to then working on a track that becomes you know choice song of the year nominated and doing like a huge collaboration that has been everywhere like, yeah. since yeah. you mentioned the festivals I mean like I remember uh, we saw you at, at Picnic this year I believe yeah, it was yeah. like performing with St. Sister and Cormac and that track has been obviously a nationwide thing it's been this huge thing and it does manage to showcase I think all the artists in, in their own respective lights Yeah, yeah. but of course it, that brings you to more ears than might not have gotten to you before yeah. so I guess based on what you just said <laughs> it's almost like that's great to have that but the timing is kind of fucked up (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know like um, like the whole Saint Sister thing wasn't even supposed to be like a song that was put out and everybody like receive it or anything it was just kind of collab for the the three campaign and just perform at the launch and that's Mm. it but I guess the industry people that were there like yo that needs to be a song so we got into the studio made it a song and then it's nominated for it's nominated yeah. for and it's like okay cool um i don't really know how to answer your question but um <laughs> i like the song and like i hope everyone else yeah. likes the song but um i was at the saints show in olympia and it was like they made it like the high point of the gig like you yeah, came out yeah. towards the end and it was like this moment where i was yeah. like oh man this that is was great. crazy that was my first time performing in olympia yeah, well. yeah it was amazing like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. really really great and you had people like up off the seats which yeah, was kind yeah. of like very <laughs> rare for a saint sister yeah. show you know different great. vibe 
Yeah. The thing that I've heard the most about you, though, is like a, a natural ability. Like I've, I've had other musicians kind of describe you as someone that they would have seen at an early age and said that you had it from an early age. Like mm. you absolutely had this ability crazy. from the very start that kind of made them almost envious, I think, really. Yeah. Um, how does that come into play when trying to put together a debut album that represents you both in terms of like what you can do mm. and also who you are as a person? As in like, um, how does their opinion no like, your own because uh, your own kind of perception of yourself I suppose when people I think like not not to put further pressure on the way Craig did earlier <laughs> on but, but I think Again, people I think people have a weight of expectation for you I think people have a weight of expectation for this album like in the best possible way I think they're mm. going to expect a certain level yeah. from you and I mean I guess you mentioned earlier on even the idea of sitting on an album while also having a creative space that moves you forward mm. in that so Stride which lands this, this time next week um, mm. like is gonna have to do a lot of things for a lot of people, including you. So, <laughs> jeez, Dave. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. To me. <laughs> but, I'm, but I, I just want to know, like, how that kind of gets to a stage where you're like, that's it, it's ready. Yeah. Oh, I didn't actually feel like it was ready when it was done. You get me? Like, um, I just wanted to change more things and tweak this bit and this and this. But my manager was like, yo, if I don't put a cap on this now, then we're never gonna finish it. You get me? So I was like, all right. So we kind of. I started focusing more on, as opposed to the sonics, I started focusing more on the visuals because I'm mm. trying to be a visual artist. I'm trying yeah. to like, I want the visuals to be as cohesive with the music as possible. So I started looking at the album during mixing the mixing stage. I was like, all right, cool. I want this to be a film and I want it to look like this and I want this song to look like this. So I guess once my manager put like a cap on it, I was like, all right, cool album is what it is you get me and it was in a good stage it, it's it is what it is now i don't know if you guys have heard any of it or anything i've heard the whole thing yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it is what it, it it was what it was now and i was like all right cool i have to live with it whatever i'm not that happy with it but like all right cool i'm just gonna take it from this world and put it into this world and i'm gonna have more time to like make this what i want it to be so that's kind of where i was like all right i found my satisfaction i was like cool i'm ready for this to come out mm -hmm. but i guess when i let it breathe and i went back to it a few months later i was like it's not bad <laughs> it's not bad but like i don't know how everyone else is gonna take it again yeah. but i just i don't know what like people are expecting i don't know what people are looking forward to or not i don't know but I, I try to shake that off because that does make me super anxious and like overwhelmed when I, I think about it. Regret asking question now, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, don't regret it, don't regret it. It's a good question. It's just like you have to kind of like block everyone else's like opinions and expectations out and just be like, yo, this is what it is. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't kind of thing. But yeah. I'm I'm hoping it does. It's a really good way. <laughs> yeah. Dave, I guess your point was kind of like, you know, you feel like with a debut, it's almost a summation of every, everything you've achieved up to that point. Do you yes, know what I mean? Great. So you're that's, trying what to, that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> so it is a kind of like, it's the luxury of the abundance of stuff you've been doing. It's just kind of whittling it down. It was yeah. interesting what you were saying about the kind of bringing the visual elements to it because we've had those conversations a lot recently in terms of new tracks being released and so on often now the visual accompaniment the video is as important yeah. as the music nearly it really works in tandem yeah. and sometimes so it's more important yeah and like being able to then move that side of things and give a kind of fresh context to the mm. material you've done it's really it is adding to the music essentially yeah. isn't it yeah 100% I think for me because I'm such a rapper rapper like some of the things I say go over people's heads so like when I like approach videos I'm more like I want to highlight 
this section. Right, I said right. this, and I want people to know that I said this. You get me? So that's why that's why I think visuals are so important because they like explain things that people may have missed or may have misinterpreted or whatever. So that's it's it's just important for me, kind of thing. Yeah. You went to LA, right, for the time video? Yeah, yeah. Uh, how did you find your experience there? Because I've talked to many Irish acts who've who've ended up in LA for either you know recording an album or shooting a video or yeah. what whatever it is. And some people come back and they're like, that's the best place in the world. I want to live there. And some people are like, I was terrified of everyone in that place. I never <laughs> want to go back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't, like, LA was so big, bro. Like, it was just like, yo, I came from Ireland and I'm in LA. And it's just like, everything is huge. The cars are big and fast and everything. I'm like, yo. And we didn't go to any of the typical, like, places people would go to LA. We did go to Venice Beach for, like, a, a bit to eat or whatever, but... We were more in like Compton, Inglewood, all like the super dangerous places. And we nearly got arrested because like um, in time, if you see all the cars and stuff that we got in the shots, um, that was like a, it's like need for speed or something. It was like an, mm. an illegal like donut thing. <laughs> and they do it like at every intersection. So we followed that all around like um, LA. And the last spot that we got to, because the cops will come and like everyone scatters and we were super slow because we parked in like the weirdest spot <laughs> and you're not and used to it yeah <laughs> so as we were leaving like we got blocked on both sides and then we got stopped and every like oh it was crazy and the guys like pulled us all out questioned <laughs> each and every one of us and we had like three we had two people that we didn't know like we just kind of met them there they brought us around the girl gave us out immediately she was like they're from Ireland they're shooting a video and they wanted to come here blah blah I was like oh shit and then they were like cause they, they asked the girls first like are, are they raping you guys or are they taking Jesus, you guys like hostage Jesus or anything Christ. and she was just like no but they're doing this and this and I was like oh damn and like uh, they let her go or whatever and the guy the other guy that we were with he had he was on probation and like he's a guy that's like known for this thing so they're like yo we're gonna take him in but he kept lying on us like saying like oh no they wanted me to come here and they did this and i was like oh, damn Jesus. it was crazy bro they they took our passports and stuff until like everything was cleared up they must have stopped us for at least an hour just questioning everybody individually until they brought us all together in a group and like the guy finally fessed up and was like all right cool wow. but yeah that was like a big <laughs> moment and then like we got me and nathan while we were shooting in the neighborhood we were staying in people were obviously getting weirded out like oh who's these guys like with cameras because it was a nice neighborhood yeah. and then like the the guard stopped us again like what are you guys doing blah, blah. and i was like we that one was easier but it was just like yo america's crazy <laughs> i mean it does sound a bit like tyler <laughs> <laughs> just scary just scary just scary yeah. the video the video is great though so like yeah it, is, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, yeah, worth it, worth it. Yeah, you, gotta yeah. you gotta suffer for your art that's, that's <laughs> so the album drops on friday march the 8th it's called stride yeah and then you're playing the button factory on the 3rd of may yeah so what can we expect from that show um so i'm trying to do something that i have not done before um I'm I'm kind of I don't want to talk about it too much because I don't feel like it's all the way ready to go but like my idea for it is I want to mix like theater with music and like visuals in between so I want to like act on stage and stuff and have scripts and have like a cast and stuff like that but right. that's what I'm going to say because if it doesn't work <laughs> then I'm obviously just going to be doing the live show <laughs> that'd be great anyway the backup's yeah, yeah, good yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. you're starting for a good point Jabaris, thank you so much for joining us today yo appreciate Thanks, that man, man. thank Cheers. you guys thank you very much. That was Jafaris. Once again, debut album Stride, March 8th, Button Factory Gig, May 3rd. Check both of those out. Now, 
Our album of the week this week is a big one. One of the biggest albums this year from an Irish point of view, perhaps international as well. The man's name is Hozier. The album is called Wasteland Baby. And that sounds like this. That was Dinner and Diatribes, taken from Hozier's sophomore album. Now, it doesn't take a grand amount of time before this sophomore album nestles quite snugly into a blur-like cauldron of not very much. The problem with Andrew Hozier-Byrne has become quite clear following not just the construction and delivery of this album, and indeed his debut album, but via a series of promotional interviews conducted across the past few weeks. Chief among them, his near-endless conversation with the Irish Times, a chat that only rarely stepped outside of a beige-tinted comfort zone that played, with one notable exception, to the artist's strengths. He is a socially conscious, non-threatening, allegedly uber-progressive fellow, one that the historical nation of Ireland should embrace and hold aloft, even if he just wants to have a quiet pint with his mates down the local. He is, as the same publication christened him some months ago, the Bard of the Risen People. (laughs) (laughs) He is you. He is me. He just happens to have his cowboy boots flecked with the mud of vintage sounds, and thus his music is the kind that you could happily take home to your mother without much in the way of trepidation. He assures you that if he wanted to make a fucking pop song, then he would. That's easy. Starting about like Van Morrison reincarnated is apparently more complex. But back to that problem, what is crushingly evident based on the music, the interviews, the whole thing, is that Andrew Hodgeburn is simply not interesting. At his worst, he is deathly dull. The circumstances <laughs> that surround and propel him have also rather lost their luster. And yet here he is, with another hour of crooning and swooning, the deep drown of his desperation tailor-made for dive bar open mics the world over, the sentiment, a reliably clumsy cross of lust and unspecified pain that can't quite support the weight of the crucifixion. Fourteen songs on paper, but hundreds that you've already heard, an apocalyptic love letter on the most elegant of parchment. This wasteland is vast, and within it, I found nothing. All off the dome there, oh, Dave. Oh, well done, bro. Yeah, yeah. Off the top of your head there. For um, I loved it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, I would agree with a lot of what you just said. Um, I also think the track we led in with Dinner and Die Tribes is an interesting. Um, it's an interesting moment on this record because this record was kind of previewed with Nina Cried Power, which opens um, the album, and it is his moment of uh, it's what he's called his kind of thank you note to. Uh, artists that he adores that kind of stood up for social justice and people's rights and used music as a real kind of political force. Um, once that kind of big um, fray at it, like, he did, well, not a hit, but his big anthem is out of the way, we get a lot of, um, like, gospel as foreplay music um, until like we get to Dinner and Diatribes which is about as close as he comes to some form of social commentary and it basically amounts to like uh, like social obligations like dinner parties a bit rubbish when are we heading off to like get late he's very very little to say and what he does say is kind of old blues cliches um, didn't enjoy it yeah I mean I, th- I think what comes down to really with, with Hosier is, is that and this album is really, really clear on this as well. Is that it, it? It almost continually just does this thing where it nods to heroes and like looks back and kind of worships the heroes yeah. and stuff. And in the at the end of the day, sometimes it just feels like 
there isn't really much of his own sound that's coming through and it, it's almost that simple yeah. now there's some weird stuff as well i mean i i, I would kind of disagree with you dave in the fact that like I think he's a, he is a good artist because he has an amazing voice. I think he writes better than most pop artists would, and he is a pop artist. And I think like maybe my pop is my idea of pop is a little bit wider than his is after that Irish Times article. But like he he has a great way of actually writing songs, and I think one of the main problems on this record is that they don't just like concentrate on that section and they just really pummel it with all these really strange production choices. There's Every single track, his voice sounds different, like they've mixed it different until it gets down to the end of like Wasteland Baby, where suddenly they're just like purposely warbling his voice. Yeah. And it's like the most like distracting thing in the history of the world. And it just feels like if you're going to kind of, uh, yeah, and then even the production kind of comes through where like there's certain places where it's like, okay, this is going to be a gospel track. We're going to find a track that sounds like gospel and then we're going to use that as a reference point. Yeah. And then this one's going to be like an Irish ballad and we're going to get this exact like sound. And what it ends up being is a collection of tracks that are just like, uh, like, nodding to the greats but never really becoming an actual yeah. full album that feels together and that was really frustrating for me because like I can't help but feel that if they just did like this album with these songs and just produced them all in a similar tone that actually thought outside the box as opposed to sounding like everything that, that has come before it you might actually have a much better album I think for me I was never really on board with Hozier I just didn't really get it I thought Take Me to Church was a fine tune and I kind of grew tired of it quick enough but I did recognise the strengths of it, and I like think that I do recognise his strengths as an artist who, quote unquote, isn't for me. However, Dean Ruxton, back yeah. in the day, you were <laughs> definitely big Hozier guy. I mean, like, like take take me through your kind of. Yeah, no, uh, I definitely drank the Kool Aid back then. I was big <laughs> into it. I remember actually it was it was EP twenty. No, see, without I'd seen other voices. I think it was this was mm. sort of he did church song really paired back yeah, it was yeah, before yeah. the big sort of you know everything had to have a big gospel church back yeah, yeah, this yeah, kind yeah. Of thing. yeah it was him and his voice like yeah and it was really impressive and he was so instrumental with his voice and it mm-hmm. was uh, anyway so I didn't I, I liked like the album was good that I, and I did like it however <laughs> um, I, there are bits about that album that I, that I see in this and I kind of don't like and it partly what he was saying about that cohesion it's a bit of a wilderness. The whole thing is like, yeah. and it 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 skates to these different areas and sort of. There's a few ch- like I mean, it's bloated as well. It's too long. That's mm. just it. Just that's is. a given. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I mean, there's as I was listening to, it, I was like, yeah, you could get rid of that. I just I just wish someone was like, okay, let's you know, yeah, let's just like tone it down a little bit. The whole thing and take those four <laughs> tunes out, and we've got a decent album here. Like do you know what I mean? Um, however, I think he's extremely talented. I do. And you see, there are flicks of it. Like, I think Shrike is probably... For me, I would say the same. It's probably the best track. Probably the best track. Yeah, yeah it's it's a legitimate tune. And, and it's also down to there's barely anything in there apart from his voice. Exactly. And, like, exactly. Yeah. and, and the tune before it is, is very sort of... It, it, it's in that kind of folksy bit of the yeah, album, yeah, yeah. region of the album. Do you know what I mean? I'd like to draw a map of this album. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like, what would that map look like, though? I don't know. It'd be... In Nino Cry Power, I don't know if it should be on this album. I know that's a mad thing to say, but like, well, seventy five percent of that EP is on this album, which yeah. I baffling, which I that find is bizarre. So strange. But that's that, that's what we did last time as well. Do you know what I mean? It was all out. But that was be, but the reason that they did that. Well, I presume that the reason they did that last time was because they put out the EP mm. and went, "Oh shit, this is gonna move. We better put all these ones back on." That's true. But like, even like, I think Cherry, I think it was Cherry Wine, was just yeah. an audio from a YouTube video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. made the album, like, and it was it was a great live rendition of the song. But I just contrast that to, and I, this is chalk and cheese now, but the same summer was the girl band summer. And I remember that because it was actually, 
girl band were playing, I forget, must have been the Body and Soul stage, I guess, and uh, uh, you, you couldn't go for some reason. To I'll tell you what the reason was. <laughs> <laughs> well, you gave it to me. You're like, hey, I'll kid, tell you, Rose. And I was like, <laughs> the reason was yeah, man. that I had to write a, I had to write a review of something else, and I said to you, here, can you go? Yeah, I, I tagged you in and said, you, you go. Tagged me, and you gave me the big shot. And then my <laughs> whole thing, yeah, called me in, coach. <laughs> I was delighted. Like. <laughs> and then, but the best part was, I was like, if I get this review, if I get this review done in time and online with this horrible internet setup that we have down here, I can get to see at least, I would say, half of Girl Band set, and I know it's going to be good. And sure enough, just as I was about to hit the word, the, the the word publish on the screen, somebody fucking tripped and plugged out the computer. <laughs> oh my god! Oh yeah, I remember this now. <laughs> and when I finally got to Girl Band, uh, Dara Keeley was on stage going, "Thanks very much for coming out tonight, everyone." Oh, that was mind blowing. That thought. I heard it was. Everyone seemed to be like, "That was a moment," and I was like, "Sure was." But um, the reason I bring them up is that I was convinced Lawman was going to be on holding hands with Jamie. I was like. Well, this has to be and it just wasn't and that sort of confidence about it about the, like you know it, I know it's a different no, pod product fun. but like yeah I, I, does and, it, and yeah does it feel like he's second guessing himself a lot is this does it feel like it's, this is an album put together by committee of like kind well of. this will this song will work with this audience but it's so strange then because like I mean according to most of the interviews that he's given he says like okay this is recorded over the course of a year I wrote the songs and then when you look at the people who produce it is Rob Kerwin and Marcus Drabs and Rob Kerwin would be the one who produced pretty much everything he's done so far and is very much like an Irish producer oh yeah he produced Little Sparks the Delorentis Choice winning album that's right yeah and then Marcus Drabs is like Florence Machine Arcade Fire Kings of Leon and stuff Um, and he Marcus Drabs it's pretty clear that they they were giving him the the like radio singles like like Nina Cried Power and, and Almost and stuff like that are all him but like it doesn't really seem like it's been you know that he's going to all these different like when I listen to it it sounds like these are a collection of tracks that have been done in like different like yeah. studios at different times with different bands and stuff but like it just feels really really strange that if this is everything together then I can't help but feel that it's it's Hosier's production choices rather than the team's production yeah. choices well, around it maybe it's United mm. in it all feels quite like maximalist and it's mm. big um, you talk about Marcus Straves and it remind me a lot of Florence and Rasheen's stuff of just like piling it on and you know he's a force in nature and uh, she's you know of the sky and he's of the earth like he's yeah, in the wilderness yeah. he's you know the world's tallest wood nymph um <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it's just is that what you see in your dreams <laughs> <laughs> yes and it haunts me so by the end the gospel choirs no longer work because what are they treating so reverentially it's just it becomes redundant well it's, there's a song halfway through called to noise making brackets sing oof. and I think it's legitimately one of the clumsiest songs I've ever heard it sounds much like almost sweet music sounds like tailor-made to be on the trailer for a sappy American rom-com movie. And I can't get over it. I can't get over the fact that, like, you have Hosier and this choir literally singing the word sing at you, commanding you to be happy and joyful and, hey, guys, just sing for about 30 seconds mm-hmm. straight. It's like a Saturday Night Live sketch, and they're never good. And But there's no there's no fun in it. There's no real sense of joy. It, like, that mm. it comes up time and time again. It's like what Dottie was saying. Yeah. So much of the subject matter of what he writes about is um, about the process of writing and about his heroes. Yeah. And you can kind of see the mechanics of it all. It just feels like, I know you're telling us how in love you are with this music, but oh, it, it's not it, hitting me on a kind of visceral theme, level. There's a writing theme in it as well that I'm starting to see more and more of 
that seems almost like an escape hatch for a lot of songwriters at the moment, which is this idea of like, well, the world is ending, but uh, yes. but mm. we're just if we have connections with normal people, we can be happy, and this yeah. is like a love thing, and it, it, it felt like gives, a cop out to me on it, this. Yeah, record. it's like an escape hatch to kind of go. Well, I can still write about love if, yeah. if as long as I'm saying it while the world is burning down around it, and that's been done so much in the last like two years, and yeah. it's gonna keep happening. So here's the thing: it's right? not like a smart idea anymore. He really, mentioned like, in yeah, another interview, that, in another interview that he did that like the team he has around him like take the piss out of him so he was like oh I'm, I'm never gonna get too big of a head because like I got these guys around me you know so don't worry about that I don't think he Do has I a big head though, this. This. <laughs> I think he does you think, I think why he, do you think I that? think he thinks he's a great songwriter I believe that from the interviews I've read and from the po-faceness of this music well, the fact that it, I, I mean, I think to he, be an artist you not have to have a belief in of course you what do. you're offering no, no, I'm not necessarily saying like having an ego is a bad thing yeah. but I think he I think he thinks he's a particularly good songwriter. But I think he is a good songwriter. I, th- I think that'd be fairly valid, though. Yeah. Like, he I is think a good he songwriter. really isn't. These songs are empty. They're hollow. I, th- I, th- they are I, I think he's a good kind of craftsman. I think he knows yeah. this. A fucking, like, liqueured wood bench? Like, this, this is what is I'm so, saying. Like, I, uh, like, he knows his um, influences and he knows these kind of genres so well that it just becomes, like, er- expertly kind of executed pastiches. There's yeah, no spark yeah. of like where's, I don't know where he the is soul? in these. Is he, yeah. is he a good where's songwriter? The soul? Is, is he <laughs> is is he a good songwriter with nothing to write about? Yes. Is that what it yeah. says? Because I mean, you when you list, actually look at the lyrics and how he actually crafts this stuff, he is actually great. Like it is genuinely good. Great. When you go to like almost sweet music, like I think genuinely like okay, so obviously there's the weird thing where he's using a lot of like jazz yeah. like track names to like work him in or whatever. But they do they do sound great and they're they're crafted really really well. But it's just a question of and I, I'd say he might have an issue as well with like you know, and I think we might have mentioned this when we were talking about the EP is that like he doesn't he doesn't come from this insanely difficult background or you know he he is probably trying to find something really interesting to write about but doesn't have anything it's like he wants to star in a play in which he basically is a fucking historian for like all the music that he loves because i mean like i remember an interview he did years ago and the interviewer was getting very little out of him and basically was like what are you working on at the moment like i mean like what's like tell me about one of your songs and then he kind of like was funny like okay i'll tell you about one song and he talk, started on about one song and he started talking so reverentially about it and how it was about a musician who's sold his soul to the devil and is trying... <laughs> and I was like, are you fucking... Are you really There's that? a lot of this hackneyed stuff of meeting the devil at the crossroads has, and original he, sin. Yeah. And I don't think... Okay, you're saying he's a great songwriter. Maybe you mean mechanics. I don't think he's a particularly strong lyricist at all. I think his no, lyrics he's not. Are he can overcook it. His lyrics often, aren't great yeah. and I think um, he has a lack of imagination. For someone who's held up there as like the big fucking guy, but I mean, but imagination comes down to what are you, what are you writing about? Like, well, what, what is I mean? he writing? I think about? if something came to him that was if if he if it came to him if it was like a really proper thing that he could actually write about, he would have the tools and the the fucking skill set to create something really amazing. I think but, he's proven. Like, I mean, there's enough good songs to you know. Yeah. Feel like, yeah, this you're man saying is, he's very talented. I mean, like, yeah, at, at what? Like, sell it. Sell, like, I mean, sell he's an excellent me. singer. I think that's. That's a given. That's yeah, a surely good. that's a, a very good. Performer. He is a great voice, and he Absolutely. performs really well. His voice does nothing for me. I'm not saying it's bad. But he's a capable. But I, I've never felt anything listening to it. Like I'm kind of bored. I find him boring. He's he's a, he's a capable blues guitarist as well. Um, I wouldn't say. I, I, but I, I found that expanded a little bit on this album as well. It was a little bit looser. Hmm. You can see him fucking going for some sort of, uh, wind cries Mary sort of pull offs and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it adds to these kind of. I, I get with some of the manufacturing of it. it does feel like 
like that tune you mentioned, the big one. The, it's like, oh, let's make yeah, a big hosier tune. Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we all ready to make a hosier tune? Yeah, let's do all the hosierisms. Let's do the yeah. thing. Are we doing the woo? Yeah, we are. Stick it in as well. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And so I just wish, like, some of them start great. Like that, um, I think it's No Plan. It's like an actual attempt, sort of a. Yeah, I quite enjoyed No Plan. I thought No Plan was the best song on the album. And yeah, behind Strike, I'd say I would. I would yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. It, it's no, quite no, tempered. It's not just him going, now I'm going to yeah. belt out the chorus. Do you know what I mean? There's a level yeah. of sophistication. There's like some order in it. I felt like it was a big yeah. something. Yeah, as yeah, opposed yeah, to just absolutely. like. Hozier plays the hits of yesteryear. Commander is a bit better than other tunes. Tribute. But like, how can that, is that is that the career? Like, is this what every album is going to be? Is it like it's just going to be a pastiche? But see, the thing is, and because because I was kind of like looking at the production and everything and how this album was built. And at the end of the day, he's not going to be able to do like like a Kanye West, or he won't be able to do like a Bonnie Vare or anything. The the whole thing is he has to become like a really really amazing songwriter where everything else gets the fuck out of the way mm-hmm. and it's just him and his voice and his writing. Now the problem is he needs something to write about, right? Yeah. So like at the end of the day, he can't do this incredible like the thing that you generally go for, David, is like you know like um like a kind of like a really smart production thing that makes you feel something even if the lyrics are hardly there. You know what I mean? That's like a thing that we would usually go for. This is like more he needs to like write something get everything else out of the way I'd love to hear like a piano album or a guitar album of just his voice and just him singing I think that would be much stronger than this to be so honest. you thought that this was just overdone yeah and I just think it's it's flailing wildly like you it know definitely what I mean? is um, and trying to find like trying to again like all of the production choices seem to be like okay so do you have a reference for this track and he's like yeah I have a hundred because I know this stuff so well yeah. and then they listen to that and kind of go okay well the vocals usually sound like this on this track the guitar usually sounds like this so we'll make it sound like that alright next track I've got a whole other separate set of references here for this song I'm going to do this again and then it comes through and it just doesn't have any like true line at all they just feel like nods to the greats the whole way down along and that doesn't that doesn't suit me at all I don't think you know I, I also thought with Nina Cried Power I thought I knew what I was going to get in the album yeah. I was like oh this is the thing he's going to write about do you know what I mean it's yeah, going to yeah, be yeah. a political type thing and then it kind of now part of it it is really wordy and I did only like I mean did I hear every single word he said no because it was like 150,000 or something like that but you, you get a sense that it did like exactly what Ty was mm. talking about like some something to hook all of this onto do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. A, a trajectory do you know what I mean yeah, I mean, ultimately, what it comes down to for me is it, this isn't my kind of music. I didn't anticipate that I would be won over by this album, but I did do my best to give it a go. Now, before we get to kind of final judgments on this, uh, you asked an interesting question off mic, Dean, because Craig would have a good rule for this show <laughs> and generally reviewing an album in general of doing your due diligence and like listening to it a minimum of five times yeah. per album mm-hmm. if you can. Mm-hmm. Like, c- circumstances aren't always ideal. Some albums mm-hmm. are longer than others. Some albums feel different than others, and you just might not have the time. I greatly struggled to get through this five times it was tough yeah and I think it's also even the track listing felt designed to like have the potential radio hits up front and then there was like that you know they did um, a very like a pop album setup where it was like top loaded with the hits it really was and he was just you could feel him running out of steam bar maybe a shrike um, and yeah, actually, I mean the the final third is really from from beyond. I was I was checking Wasteland, out. Wasteland baby should have been dropped. Like, yeah, should have yeah. that weird tremolo should've. thing in his voice so as well. Or whatever it's like, it was. Yeah, it's literally irritating, and yeah. like it, it, it barely ever happens that like a vocal production would irritate me. Yeah, yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like this attempt at sort of some kind of dreamy intimacy or something. Yeah, that yeah, just yeah, Falls, yeah. and you're like, oh, this is creepy. I'm taking off the track. my headphones. Yeah, yeah. And uh, lyrically, I agree, Dave. He just it's so overwrought. It's so 
grasping for some level of kind of poetic i don't know he just this is a he doesn't series, have a voice this is a he series, has a good voice but yeah. he doesn't have a voice yeah no I, I, I think that's fair i think that's absolutely fair that's a good thing, yeah. and i think that this is a series of modules in a music college that i would be desperate not to be stuck with <laughs> and i would be okay with failing i think he has failed in terms of producing an album of any real interest or merit his career will be totally fine this is two out of ten and i never want to hear it again <laughs> uh i can't recommend it to anybody really especially like if somebody was interested in the first album and kind of went oh what's the next one like I'd be like eh it's fine yeah. it's grand mm-hmm. I do think it'll probably do really well for the fans who are really really into it I think it's probably what they're looking for uh, so I'll put it bang in the middle and put five I would say well now it comes down <laughs> the to moment it. Of truth. Um, exactly what I, I I think people who like the first album are going to like this I think I was a bit disappointed because it's you can see, you can see it there. You can see him through the trees, the one bland <laughs> nymph, and you're like, "Come back!" And he's like, "No, I've huge tunes to make." And, like, and so, had he pared it down a little bit, the talent is there. The thing is too big. I'm splitting the difference. I'm going to give it a six because there were three, Whoa. there are three or four tunes that, that I'm going to right. listen to again, which Fair is enough. a big marker for yeah, me. Yeah, I go four out of ten. Okay. Let's wrap this second. Up. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> okay, songs of the week. Uh, Dean, you're our, our guest, and you okay. popped the room big there, so you get the honor <laughs> of picking a number between one and five. Um, four, please, Dave. It's Dahi's good friend, Wait. Kojak. He's not my friend. I don't even know him. Who uh, I guess is very concerned about vaccinations because this song is called Flu Shot. <laughs> could be your friend someday maybe he would be yeah you, you were saying off mic he's your best mate was it yeah 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 <laughs> yeah you were just saying that is it all his real voice sounds it's so, yeah, yeah, it's so yeah, different yeah. to the radio that's voice. my off mic voice yeah, yeah. Uh, well okay this this song came out a week ago we actually talked about it very briefly when we talked about mango Mathman, but you wanted this in the, in the songs of the week this week to give it a bit of a more a bit, a bit of a bigger spotlight yeah i mean i had mentioned before that um one of the best things about kojak is the idea that he has this team around him which seems to be the order of the day right now for him. <laughs> where yeah. like the guys who were really saying, we were just talking to Jeff Harris there, and it's like your collective and your team and how many people are putting work into stuff and how much you believe in yourselves is really important. I mentioned before that parts of the Kojak team very, very clearly seem to be like from a theatre background. Um, and the video for Flu Shot is like a perfect example of this where like these people who are professionals in their fields are coming together to create this really, really great thing. And you can see in Kojak, he's starting to change his like entire idea from just being like um, the like Dublin hip hop, like rap guy to like something that's much more starter, I would say. Uh, I really, really like the video and I really like the fact that it's even, I mean, it's not even the best video in the world, but it's just showing Kojak going like, oh, he's performing now. Like he's actually, he's acting and he's like doing this stuff and becoming bigger than what he was at the start, you know? Yeah. um, I had two different, totally different interpretations of it because I listened to it. Then I watched it with the video. Mm. By the end, I I really liked it. I think, I think together, I think, 
I'd listen to the album, um, I'd listen to Daddy James and stuff, but I think this is probably better than anything that I liked on that. Um, yeah, mm. I really liked it. Yeah, it feels like another kind of step up. Um, uh, it totally feels like an audio audiovisual experience, but song on its own is still pretty solid. Uh, like the flow on it quite a lot. Um, we just talked about lacking a kind of voice or, you know, showing your character. There's just oodles of character in yeah. this. Mm. Uh, it's, yeah, it's quite alluring. So, yeah, big fan as well. There's oodles of character. I don't know if it's better than anything on Daily Daydreams, though. I, I, kinda... would, I would probably agree. I don't think it's, like, his best track ever. No. Um, but I do think it's, like, a flag in the sand. So get out, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's a good Thanks advertisement for a rising star. And it'd be very interesting to see if his star does rise into the full ascendancy this time next week, guys, because it's Choice Music Prize time. Oh, yeah. Coming up. And Delhi Daydream, uh, Daydreams is heavily favoured. So Heavily favoured, is it? A lot of people think it's going to win. I would hope that it would win. I think it's yeah. definitely the most important. Shall one. we make our calls now? What's I'll, but yeah, I'll put down Delhi Daydreams. That would be the one that I would like to win. Uh... What else is there? I think Villagers is winning. And Villagers. Villagers is winning. I think Villagers should win, yeah. The academic. I have the list here. <laughs> <laughs> Done your homework. Uh, yeah. Reggie Snow What are you saying, there? Dean? Saint what do you reckon? Saint I Sister? Always, I always guess, guess these wrong. I would have said Kojak. But Villagers, it just seems like a very Villagers thing. So I've heard a lot of people say Saint Sister will win. Really? Uh, really? And, really? and I, I, I was kind of of the opinion that, like, would that not be affected by staggering out the album for so long? But people were saying in that room, mm. going over them academically, it won't matter. I I think, think Kojak has like is the a moment enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, can yeah, see yeah. Saint Sister winning. Absolutely, I can see it. Uh, I can't. You can't. I'm calling it now. No, Saint Sister definitely won't win. Okay, I'm saying Villagers <laughs> will win. That's my Kojak's fine. Right. Yeah, yeah. But up next, songs of the week. Give us number one, please, Dave. You can have it, Craig. It's Big Thief with UFOF. <laughs> Just announced a Vicar Street date and signed to 4AD, a label that seems to be just right for them. Yeah. Uh, hype about this kind of band. I mean, like it's it's interesting to have hype for that kind of you know breezy. Yeah, their last indie. record was one of the best of that year. Yeah, yeah. Like one of the best of the decade, I would say. Wow. Yeah, I love that album. I think it's mm. really, really good. Her voice is absolutely incredible. Um, I would be a big fan of Buck Meek, who's the guitarist yep. in that mm-hmm. band, who also has his solo stuff that's excellent as well. His website is a bit of a meandering prose. Is it? Oh, giving yeah. a bad review of the website? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, just a copy. It's a, it's a, just it's a, copy. a little bit contemplative, a little bit abstract for me. Um, well, well, speak, speaking of copy, I'm not not to railroad this, but there shouldn't be an exclamation mark after Wasteland Baby. That's just <laughs> outrageous. And he should have Wasteland had a copy added on. Wasteland Baby, can we take that? No. Okay. <laughs> he did. I was doing some research for the album, um, and he did uh, ask me anything on like popheads on Reddit. And he was oh, answering sorry. quite a lot of the questions with <laughs> finishing the answer <laughs> with baby <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. which I think was a funny joke. That, was I, I that, well, that, that was an entire. Sorry, we're talking about Hosier now. No, <laughs> ah, sorry, <laughs> no, no, that's no, my no. fault. If, if you this have, always happens when I come fair, in. It is the kind of album that uh, some appendices will be. Okay. Yeah. I, I went yeah. through that that AMA thing as well. Oh. Um, was it somebody? I think that was Fanula who wrote that. Oh really? And the Daily Edge. I think she did a piece on it. Oh, okay, maybe I'm wrong. I didn't see her, but but. It, the entirety of that thing was talking about what food he likes. 
It yeah. was mental. Yeah, his favorite <laughs> so flavor of ice cream. Can you guess, Dean? Chocolate it. baby. I don't know. <laughs> No, he's vanilla, he's, baby. Yeah, it is vanilla. It's vanilla. It's not he's, vanilla. he's been really getting into vanilla lately, <laughs> baby. That's what he said. Can't wait for that third album. Um, this song, meanwhile, is not Sorry, vanilla. Yeah, it's yeah. my yeah. song of the week. I think it's amazing. It's, it's one excellent. Of my, yeah, yeah, it's one of my favorite tracks of the year so far. There's something magnetic and kind of magical about the melody. Um, it reminds me a bit of like a teardrop. It reminds me a bit of Portishead. I can, I can see them in going in a kind of. Radiohead direction um, in terms of the potential and just the experimentation there's just the sky's the limit with these guys and there should be more songs about UFOs because they're usually great (laughs) (laughs) album is May 3rd right? I think it is yeah Yeah. Uh, I thought it was beautiful I really liked it I'm hyped for the album Dahi give me a number Uh, what have we left with Jesus I'll take uh, five please it's Rolling Blackouts Coastal Fever Craig Fitzpatrick's new favourite band That song was called In the Capital. Craig, why are they your new favourite band? I don't know if they're my new favourite band, but they're one of my favourite new bands. Mm. And, uh, they're from Melbourne. Um, they've released a couple of EPs. The French press um, was particularly well received and Hope Downs came out last year. It was one of my favourite records of the year. Um, they're like a mashup of The Strokes and The Go-Betweens, who are just very literate Um Great, great Australian band. Um, you can hear a lot of like that Australian influence. As yeah, well. like, hugely. You can kind of tell like an Australian band. From yeah, they're quite kind of transportive as well in terms of their songs because they're just yeah. kind of great scene setters. They I have that vibe. A, I got a bit of a civil civic vibe off this. Ooh. That's fair. That's a Very good, good. shout. Um, this is not as in your face as some of their kind of um, more well-known tunes. Um, it's kind of got a watery feel to it, but about halfway through, when that guitar riff kicks in and just takes over and drives it out to the end. It, just really worked for me and really bears up to repeat listen so I'm excited it was a good song to listen to on that uh, sudden bizarre 24 hour heat wave we had guys yeah, how about yeah, that yeah, global yeah. warming eh <laughs> that, was yeah, it was that, like that was very odd that was like a wave it was yeah, just like yeah. this is not supposed to be <laughs> happening there was fog and now it's cold again <laughs> yeah definitely bow as well I would say <laughs> where you landing on this dude yeah um, I wasn't familiar with the band I had to do a bit of looking up but I think it was Fine, passive indie, nice bit of uh, passive indie. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, there we go. It was perfectly fine. It was familiar. I didn't think it was tired though. I was like, this could have been written in two thousand and seven, but yeah. it wasn't. Do you know what I mean? So um, I listened to it a few times. Um, it was actually it was written in two thousand seventeen. I think they were touring it in two thousand seventeen, judging by YouTube. But anyway. yeah, they were in Dublin sure. in August, weren't they? Yeah, I think they're they over. Yeah, they were. They played Wheelands. Uh, yeah. I believe they're sporting Idols coming up, so that should be fun. That's why yeah. you want to go to that gig. Yeah, well, I like Idols as well. Yeah. So Fr- French Press, the song is also worth checking out. That turned up on my Discovery yeah, a couple of months yeah. ago. It's amazing. Um, but big I'm, day for you, Craig, coming up then. <laughs> Huge. Two bands. The biggest. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the big li- listenable, I would say, certainly. And <laughs> Jesus. I, 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 I'll go You're to killing this. me over here. <laughs> Passive Indie is a pretty good way of uh, describing a lot of the songs that <laughs> you've voiced upon me. Oh, I'm, I'm jo- sorry. I'm joking, Craig. Okay, he's getting, like, like, you're getting upset. Oh, my now. gosh. Look at that hurt face. Go on. All right. Uh, Pink, Pink's uh, back. <laughs> She's got a song. It's called Walk Me Home. I think that we could do some good. 
that's pink she's back again fresh off the brit awards naming her like the fucking best skydiving icon or whatever the hell it was um i don't know burlesque sensation whatever she does with her shows uh enduring artist i would say pink been around for a while yeah keeps dropping songs that have to keep enduring her (laughs) this is one of them i completely disagree you like this yeah i think this is good yeah i think this is good what i think what about us is one of like a really 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 good track what about us yeah genuinely i think it's overplayed but as a song it's actually oh my god yeah i think it's really really good you're right it's very (laughs) anthemic and i think this one has that same kind of thing as well craig um i do i do really like it step in here would you this was worse than pasta for me (laughs) (laughs) it's not a fan no it just felt pink is underrated is she? She's she's underrated. Is all no. pink music underrated though? I like. I mean, sorry, Craig. I was no, go ahead. Go there. ahead. But no, it was. I didn't hate it, but I'm never going to listen to it again. Like it's it's four to the floor. <laughs> Ringing into I know, load big, this song. Big shouty. Go on, Craig. Song. It's so. It's formulaic to the point of being like criminal. I thought it was just mm. like so many other pop songs that are out right now. I was like, I've heard this. A million different times on a million different Even songs. Even the artwork. Yeah. yeah. The fucking letters. Like, yeah. The like, thing I would say is, is that the, the theme subject that she's been using, this is the same theme as What About Us and she, like there hasn't anything really, really changed. It's kind of like, yeah. the world is terrible, but we'll get over it kind of thing. Yeah. She's a real hoser yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah a, bit of a, a bit of a hoser wrote to it. Walk me but, home, uh, She's a kind of, she's no, a I kind like of, I like Pink. like pop survivor, I guess. Like she started off doing quite R&B stuff and she was, you know, I'm really into hip hop and I'm she keeping that, real on the that street. brat thing that kind of wears off. Do you know what I mean? You can't do that forever. Yeah. I mean? Yeah, but she definitely found a different sound after that. Like, I mean, she yeah. started out was just like, I think I'm the cynically poster with attitude, so, though. and now it's yeah. a bit different where she, like... She's just trying to maintain an audience. Yeah. That song, So What, from like 10 years ago, whatever, that's legitimately one of the worst songs of all time. Yeah, it's yeah. awful. She's got rock moves. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I've got my rock moves. Yeah. Rock moves, yeah, that gone. makes some sense. Awful. What about us is better than... That song. No, it isn't. Yeah, Stop it is. going to bat for what about us? It's <laughs> so bad. I'm into it. I'm into it. I, like I can't it. believe this. This is upsetting. Uh, this song did nothing for me. Uh, yeah, a cool character, but like Jesus, like I couldn't name you five pink songs that are any use. Come on, last song. The last number song two. Uh, Let's is, do it. Uh, it's Hatchy. She's an Australian artist. Cullum was quite taken by one of her yeah. tracks, a song called Sure, sure that came mm, out amazing. a while ago, which is an excellent song. Uh, she's announced her debut album. Here is Without a Blush. Five minute single, guys. Everyone's favorite type of thing. 
I really like this. Yeah. It's great, but five minutes. There's something really weird about <clears throat> this artist, right? Where the sure was, sounded really like a cranberry song, and this song also sounds like like an older Irish band song. Like it sounds like a mix between like My Blonde Valentine, Cranberries, and like Whipping she's into Boy the kind of haze, kind of yeah. shoegazy it's, stuff. Yeah, it's like are almost like the chalets. Do you remember the chalets? I do you remember the chalets? Yeah. So it's like it's kind of like that stuff. I think it's really really nice and really really good. Um, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of promise. Musically, I thought it was um, great. Like the minute it kicked in, I was like, "Oh, this is completely what." Uh, like I'm, I'm down with this kind of sound. It had those kind of Cure esque bass lines mm. running through it. It was a bit of a stomper. It had Depeche Mode kind of vibes and psychedelic furs. The problem I had with it was, um, you talk about kind of returning to the same lyrical well. She is doing still that naive um, love song thing. And I just couldn't get into it. Mm. I, I thought her kind of vocals over this kind of gorgeous tune just left me totally cold. And it, it yeah, I, I couldn't enjoy it because of that. Mm. Yeah, I, if I, again, another, I sort of vaguely familiar with, with Hatchie. And then, like, as I was listening to it, I thought I was getting something a little darker at the start because it is good. It does yeah. set up musically mm. good. Like, kind of, I was like, oh, it's like Wolf Allison. Whatever, and I was kind of like thinking of those kind of darker, synthy things. And then... It kind of lost me by the yeah. you know, by the chorus, which did seem very nineties, and I couldn't place it. I was yeah, like, yeah, what nineties yeah. band <laughs> from Dundalk is this? Like, I know, it's just like, <laughs> like it really is. It, it it does have that kind of those vocal kind of uh, yeah, yeah, high yeah. ends. It's the way she, her vocal like melody, kind yeah, of exactly. And stuff. Um, it's really strange. It'd be interesting to see if the entire album is of that nature. See, that that is my worry, and if sure is on there because that legitimately was one of the best singles of the last two years. It's, uh, it's interesting though that like that style of sound isn't really there's not a huge amount of people doing it doing it no. so it could be a fairly like yeah. it could have its own unique stamp say for this time of possibly yeah no like a world. short kind of like Lemonheads-esque you know 30 minute album of just kind of pure pop rush yeah. kind of yeah that could be fine but I just I think if it's a lot of this it will lose its charm it's fine it's grand uh, musically I thought it was great okay what's in your other listening corner this week Craig um, Mark Hollis um, from Talk Talk passed away sadly um, the news broke during the week so it was kind of an excuse to return to a lot of Talk Talk's albums which are great if people don't know them uh, from the late 80s uh, that run uh, the likes of The Colour of Spring Spirit of Eden Laughing Stock and then his um, his own self-titled um, solo album from the 90s they're all just brilliant he was a bit of a genius kind of um, art pop mixed with ambient stuff and he just kind of progressively stripped stuff away to the kind of bare essentials and he was a tremendous tremendous artist so that's a big loss um, check him out if you don't know Dean what you got yeah um, I was listening to Albert Hammond <coughs> Hammond Jr's Fast Times yeah and I was like wow this sounds so much like Soma <laughs> and the strokes. It's so I was like, why don't I just listen to Soma and then I ended up listening to Is This It like quite a lot I must have gone through it a couple of times. It's a good album. Just a great album Very that I've returned to, yeah. Passive indie, you uh, might say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, as I was getting on the flight to Iceland, I was like looking at our, um, our uh, document and put down, I was like, oh, class, the new Suspiria unreleased stuff that Tom York was releasing. You've got a problem, uh, was there. So I was like, I was like, I haven't listened to it yet, but I'll put it down. And then I got on the plane and put it in and it's like, Probably about thirty minutes of just drone atonal, oh, really? no music at all in there. So I like listen to the whole thing because I said I would listen to it. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone other than myself. <laughs> <Good heads laughs> that's, up. that's about it. See, they're re-releasing the Star Is Born with twelve extra minutes. 
Are they really? And everyone's like, what? what's it going to be? It gonna be? <laughs> new, new songs? And I'm like, oh. I hope it's fucking something in the third act, because that was yeah. a mess. Okay, uh, so <laughs> I'll listen corner for me. Uh, I've listened to a few things. I've listened to Julia Jacqueline's new album. It's called Crushing. I think it's her sophomore album. Uh, Australian singer-songwriter, but doesn't go in on the fuzz pedal the way Hatchie does. She goes more in on the fairly reliable trend of, you know, heartbreak and turning that into some tunes. I would encourage everyone to go and listen to the Nala Nine podcast this week for a proper in-depth review of this one. I thought uh, both he and Dre made some very good points, particularly Dre and about the lyrics, because the lyrics are very incisive on this one. Um, it's a really good album. She's very talented. I really liked it. I will say it's a tough listen uh, if you're not in a great place, uh, particularly when you get into some of those lyrics, because fuck me, it doesn't hold back uh, in terms of just like relationship politics and kind of what's, what what people kind of superimpose onto each other, good and bad, mostly bad in a lot of ways. Uh, she's a talent for sure. It's a great album. Uh, not really the right headspace for her at the moment, though. Uh, Bit of Hatchy afterwards. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> that's why up. I chased this with some deft tones and Rage <laughs> nice. Against the Machine. Uh, going back <laughs> nice. to two classic albums in the form of... <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I, yeah. Oh, sorry. Denzel Curry's cover of Bulls on Parade oh, for for Triple J. That was amazing. Have you seen that? No. Is it good? It's fucking astonishing. No I couldn't way. believe that. Like, it's amazing. It's like check it out, else, everybody. But also amazing. check out Deftones, White Pony, and Rage Against Machines: The Battle of Los Angeles. White Pony. I have to go and listen to that very very soon. It's phenomenal. Yeah. It's I hadn't so heard it in years. Masterpiece. Masterpiece. And uh, Battle of LA turns twenty this year. It's fucking incredible. Still great, still holds up. This episode, uh, this meandering episode, was engineered <laughs> by our sonic architect, Eve Murray, and closes out this week for Exit Music. A uh, new act by the name of King Palace, which is led by Patrick O'Brien of Windings fame, oh, wow. a band that we're very fond of on this show. Actually played the first ever New Encore live yeah. show. Yeah, close, close. Uh, Patrick has uh, come up with a track alongside compatriot Steve Ryan, again, one of the greats, I think, the uh, musicians mm-hmm. of this country, and very undersung, I would, I, like, I, I would argue. The song is called The Dead, and uh, when I first heard it, I actually sent it instantly to our good friend Carlo Malacco, and I said, this is a Carlo tune every day of the week. And when he got back to me, he was like, yep, it totally is. Uh, it's just really well-realized, well-crafted, kind of uh, very well-produced acoustic kind of balladry, but not in the kind of, you know, hoary old cliche sense. These guys, as we've known for years, have always had great experimental nefs about them. I think they're really good commentators and songwriters. And once again, this new project of Patrick's really sh- shows, it, uh, shows it shine through. So this is King Palace, The Dead. My name is Dave Hanrowdy. This has been an encore. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> sunlight on your face One by one my feet pull on this slow ride What I can say I'm holding fast I never meant to go I thought that I Come even now I'll find a way I still see your It just fades
Podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-through. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary. Not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.